0: well Uh, we're we're all that we were coming to meet you we are all part of the same crew yeah you all went to different schools together yeah Yeah. but (laughs) victoria
1: williams you you will not find a sweeter person Uh, she does not have any harm in her whatsoever right one of my friends pete case Uh from the plimsolls
0: and the nerves yeah
1: lived with her up in Laurel Canyon, and they had this bitch in it. It, it wanted to be a cabin, uh-huh. and they had a giant tree in the backyard, yeah. and they, they they lived on the, the, the precipice of a cliff. Uh-huh. And on this tree, they had the rope
2: mm-hmm. that
1: all of the kids would swing on because there was a, a, a dead tire t- tied to this rope. Mm-hmm. And you would swing on this, and you would be like way out a there. hundred feet over this cliff
0: that's dangerous yeah that's crazy
1: yeah but it was the the, the 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 tire was not going anywhere and they would have not allowed anybody to do that but it was Did just it go into st- a
0: body of water or was it just risky no you would have
1: you would have well the body of water would have been somebody's swimming pool down below yeah okay where
0: do we start well we started we okay. started with a tree uh,
1: have you been have you been
0: taping this Or are we off record? Well, now we're on record. Okay. On
3: record as of now.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, um, but you were saying that you, like, can't get into the exercise because you aren't going to see Daylight till when? Uh, 2023. Why is that? Um, I'm
1: sitting on five movie scripts. That's amazing. I'm sitting on, uh, well, not sitting, I'm trying to, like, participate um, my band off, yeah, um, Dimitri, our guitar player, and I uh-huh. created twenty five songs recently uh recently over the course of the last two years while our rhythm section yeah. our ri- we have a revolving rhythm section we have Stephen McDonald from Red Cross uh-huh. who also plays in the Melvins, right. who also plays in the Del crover band uh-huh. who also runs a r- little recording studio yeah and Um, He'd been working with his wife on a That Dog album. He, I I really feel sorry for him. Why? Because he's so busy. Yeah, it's like one minute he's doing one thing, and then all of a sudden we're going on tour with the Melvins and Red Cross, and they were at at one point thinking about adding the Del Crover band. So he would
0: have been in four bands. He would
1: have been doing like a 3 He would have been doing what I call the triple whammy. Yeah. So um, we have Stephen McDonald as our our bass player. Yeah. And um, we, in our revolving door, brought in a third drummer. We brought in um, Gabe Serbian from The Locust. Uh-huh. And we are, are in a position where we can reach out to just about anybody we want to reach out to, and they would come and play with That's us. That's true. And I'm really proud of that situation. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I can't be ecstatic enough. Yeah. we D- dimitri and i while these guys were out doing the melvins and doing red cross and mm-hmm. doing the del crover band dimitri and i we're the guys that create the music mm-hmm. so we we have this two two-year period to come up with 25 songs and we got into this situation where we were dealing with conspiracy theories. Oh, my
0: God. You're in the right podcast. I love conspiracy theories.
1: And, and um,
0: <laughs> Are you a flat earther? Moon landing? Didn't um, happen. Anyway. Uh,
1: yeah, well, I agree with you on the moon, <laughs> yeah, landing. moon
2: landing.
0: That was that happen. was filmed right <laughs> out here, and
1: you're yeah. go, you're going out to the desert later on this right. afternoon. The
0: moon, aka the moon, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Joshua Tree or Palm Desert, or <laughs> exactly. I'll put a flag for you. Hey,
0: I didn't even mean to say that. The flag. Okay. <laughs> I like, well, I also played a man called. I also call a band called flag. the flag or called know. flag yeah, yeah. who
1: are all of we we are all the we are all we are all of the guys that will not play with greg ginn because he's just become such an evil human being
0: yeah people aren't a fan of him i've noticed
1: well he just he just you know he burned every bridge he could burn and he, and he just why did he, he do that he didn't just burn them down he blew them up yeah. Well, we we were talking about Mark Lanigan earlier, right? The Screaming Trees, all of their early recordings, SST. some of their greatest recordings. Yeah. That Buzz Factory, that record's genius. Uh huh. No, I have the utmost respect for Mark Lanigan. Yeah. Like I I cannot. I I cannot give that guy enough praise.
0: Yeah, he's a sweetheart too. He we had a great time last night. Yeah, talking, you just to a, just a, what a what a voice. I, huh? And
1: I, and I've heard horror stories, but it's like we've all got our horror stories oh, attached yeah. to
0: us. Definitely. Um, and the, we all grow up, and then. You know. But
1: getting back to the, uh, moon, landing? the moon landing, which <laughs> also could have been filmed right over here at Warner Brothers Studio or right wherever they
0: filmed. Well, it. how could they have done a live broadcast from the moon back then? Has, you know, Does anybody think about that?
1: Well, here's the thing. <laughs> because our world is so messed up and all of these people have all of these different channels and all of these different lines that they run through mm-hmm. and all of these ugly, horrible threads yeah. that... How could it not be easy for them to do that, to go to all of the major stations and say, you're going to show this and you're going to run the the recording along with it. And we are going to fool the American public. We are going to, we are going to fool the world because we're the greatest and we can do this because we have the technology to do this. And and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. It's crazy.
0: And it's like nobody really, yeah, it's weird the resistance and if you get called an idiot if you think, if you like even question these things critically, like if you question the nature of reality, even though clearly we have been lied to by NASA, like, and stuff like that. Like it's several
1: like, dozen occasions. Yeah,
0: and if you question the nature of reality, you're like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Like, it's like there's so much, like, you know, anger at anybody that even throws these things into question. I find that interesting, too. Are what you, you what are you, you me- a
1: doofus? No. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I I actually did a podcast with one <laughs> of my best friends. He he uh, plays drums in a band called Thelonious Monster. He's uh-huh. my neighbor. He's like I said, one of my best friends. We did a podcast where that's all we did. We just. Like one day it's like, so Keith, <laughs> let's do this podcast. What are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? Yeah. Like a couple of bros, a couple of goofy guys, just yeah. d- like d- digging, digging, not really digging deep into yeah. it, but yeah. sometimes just scratching the surface. And we're standing there outside of the coffee shop right down the street here on Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And he said, so what are we going to talk about? And I yeah. said, well, why is there a white stripe up there in the sky? Right. Let's start there. Right. You know, and in digging into that, it's like all of a sudden we have footage of one of the main guys from the CIA stepping up and going, we're spraying aluminum nanoparticles because we are trying to control the climate. Yeah. You know, and then my friend friend Ted Falcone, who's the guitar player in Flipper, said, Keith. Yeah. They're, they're they're spraying that they're spraying that aluminum because they're Chinese satellites flying overhead that are trying to film and take photos of all of these different military installations right. or are because we're here in Southern California we have one of the largest grouping of um, military complex technology industry
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that's part of what makes California the fifth largest economy in the world right and so they want to look down on all of these things and you know let's see if we can go through the roof of the building to see if there's any plant because the technology is that hardcore where they're they could they could find out what it smells like in the office of the guy who's creating some kind of uh, laser beam device that's going to be shot from a Drone over the Middle East, you right? Know? So, um, looking at the chemtrails, yeah, we discover that the the Air Force
0: steps up and says, "We're spraying lithium." Right. It's
1: like, well, why would you spray lithium on the population below? Or
0: why is there fluoride in the water? And, uh, and,
1: and you know what fluoride mm. is? Fluoride was just industrial waste, and they didn't know how to get rid of it. So it's like, yeah, let's it, call up 50 dentists, and we'll create the scenario yeah. where everybody needs fluoride. And
0: it calcifies your pineal gland. Well, what
1: it also does is it creates tooth decay. Uh-huh. And uh, it also was what the Nazis used in the concentration camps during World War II to keep all of the Jews in place.
0: And you know where the... Uh, Na- Nas- and I'm a Jew. N- NASA was started by an SS uh, soldier, too. You know Dude, right?
1: all of that technology. Yeah. We swooped on those Nazi scientists so fast. It was like, we can't let the Russians get a hold of these guys. Right. You know, and so uh, Hitler had a honey boom, which was uh, based on a, an, Indian, an ancient Indian India, Middle Eastern India. Mm-hmm. They, they had a bell-shaped device that... Uh, allowed them to fly through the sky right and Hitler had his scientists develop it and then all of a sudden you know that's the reason why we have the Foo Fighters we can blame Adolf Hitler and his scientists for having Dave Grohl in the Foo Fighters
0: why is that <laughs> because
1: uh, there was a there was a gr- there was a group in the military when they were when they were fighting these like flying these unidentified flying objects. They were called Foo Fighters. The oh. guys that, guy that went up against these... I didn't know that. All this Nazi Japanese crap because the Japanese had some of it too. That's interesting. Um, but anyways, getting back to the white chemtrails,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, there will be all of the people that deny, well, it's just, it's a contrail. You know, when the jet flies by right. and it leaves this contrail. A contrail is basically just heat being released from the back of the jet engine into the atmosphere. It's so cold up there that when the heat hits the cold, it turns into like ice particles. Mm -hmm. And once it hits a certain, once it starts to drop and it hits a certain part of the atmosphere, it dissipates and it goes away but then we have these white stripes. You can, s- you can still see some of the residue and some of it, yeah. you know, but that's a cloud. Um, yeah when's the last time you saw a white stripe in the sky that's a cloud right you, know, you go the you go into the book and you look at the white clouds and you're not gonna see white stripes
0: so what do you think the purpose is is are they trying well, to kill to us it. or are they trying to control us or what what do you uh, think all of it all of it
1: that i i well, fr- like
0: what I started saying about like if you build your reality on a gaslight you can never expand to your full potential that's why if you're like like the nature of reality, if we've been lied to so thoroughly, you know, you got to get to the truth before you can fully expand. They want to keep us small, Joseph, and Submerged,
1: Joseph. Yeah, we are slaves. Mm-hmm. We are
0: prisoners. That's true.
1: There are no walls. Mm-hmm. We don't need walls. Except in our minds. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I took it even further on the white stripe in the in the sky, mm-hmm. and they they actually a bunch of scientists got together up at Mount Shasta in in the town Shasta which is next to Mount Shasta
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: they all stepped up with their research and it all pointed to just the possibility that all of this stuff has been created and they don't know how to reel it back in. It's gotten so far out of hand that right. it's like we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah,
0: exactly. But the, but it's not working anymore because like, the Internet and people are like, you know, it like restarting to op- wake up and research it. And there's questions that can't be answered about the moon landing and stuff like that, that it just becomes obvious, like unless you just really want to put your head in the sand and just pretend there's nothing fishy going on. It's well here's like in here, the, like the you know, the most straightforward thinking or the most straightest thinker in the world has to at least admit there's a lot of fishy bullshit going on. At least go there. Well, like
1: here's here's
0: here's a bottom line you know?
1: with the American population. Right. We've been beaten down to a point where it's like mom and dad have to work. Like four jobs, six jobs, yeah. just to be able to pay the kids and pay the rent and put clothes on them and send them to school. So all of these people don't have time to deal with yeah. Any well, of this the, bullshit. the
0: student debt keeps people enslaved because they, you know, they like they they trick people to go to college and then they're like like have so much debt they can never get out. There's no more jobs. That keeps them enslaved. and, that's, that's and keeps the reason, them in permanent debt. It's like, it's bananas. That's
1: the reason why a person like Betsy DeVos needs to be placed against a wall mm-hmm. and offered a cigarette
0: mm-hmm. and a
1: blindfold.
0: What kind of cigarette?
1: Um, it could be. A it, hookah? It could be. It could be. It could be a dipper. It, it, it could be dipped in some angel dust. Yeah. It's still not going to help her. Right. It's not going to make her bulletproof. Getting back to this conference that they had at Mount Shasta.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the one of the local scientist guys just on a whim decided it, it had just rained. There's a puddle of water out on his sidewalk. He looked at the puddle and he goes, I'm gonna just do a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. And he, he swooped on some of the water in this puddle, took it in, placed it under the superpower extra what microscope you know getting down to the point where he sees the little aluminum arrow head shaped particles uh-huh. in this water now part of this situation and there's so many directions that it goes. Are they turning us into these militaristic robots yeah. with all of the, these metal particles? Yeah. The, an, another thing is it creates the, the aluminum creates Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. And now all of a sudden the, the pharmaceutical companies get to get involved because now we got a threat on making zillions of dollars off of all of these people that are stumbling around, not knowing where they're going. Yeah. because. What, what, what happens with the aluminum particles is that your, your brain is moving like this mm-hmm. constantly, like millions and millions of, of like a little electrons are like yeah. zapping back and forth, and that's how your brain works. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you have all of these particles. aluminum particles lodged in your brain that are cr- creating um, like walls, and they're blocking off your electrons your yeah. electrons to be moving the way that they're supposed to be yeah. moving so now all of a sudden you're getting carved down into just being close to having down syndrome
0: well that you know diet does that too with carbs and sugar and stuff it creates tons of inflammation people eat carbs and they, it creates inflammation in their body and it creates inflammation in their brain too so the brain doesn't operate as correctly uh that way too so i've got a question for you yeah
1: with all of these little particles, mm-hmm. these nanoparticles. I don't know if I can
0: answer because there's so many blocks going on, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> um,
1: the, the way it works, the way our world works, yeah. the way um, that the, the rain falls mm-hmm. and the rain gets p- picked back up yeah. to go back. Turn into rain or yeah. what have you. Whatever, uh, what is is that photo? It's not photosynthesis. That has something to do with plant world, mm-hmm. but we have this c- circular thing going on. It's just part of what goes on. I don't know the scientific name for it because uh-huh. I was terrible at science. Yeah, that, that's what kept me from going to the Pasadena School of Design. Anyways, probably. Thank God. Th- the the nanoparticles fall from the sky uh-huh. they got to land somewhere they got to yeah. land in a field where they're growing corn got to land in a place where they're raising cattle uh, it's got to be in the, in the it's, food it's got to be in the food and the milk and all of that it's
3: the self-contaminator that just goes yeah, It just yeah it just keeps
1: going yeah um getting getting back to the aluminum and the alzheimer's mm-hmm. in this conference They also discovered one of the guys just went out into a forest Mm -hmm. and he started looking at the trees and it hadn't snowed. But it looked like there was like when you when you purchase a Christmas tree and you want to get it flocked, you get the white flocking on it Mm -hmm. to make it look more realistic. And it's Christmas time and it's snowing. And he's noticing this flocking on these trees in a in a in an area where it's not snowed in ten years.
0: Mm-hmm. What's okay. flocking?
1: The flocking is the white flocking on your Christmas tree. Oh, your, that's Your mom flo- and dad oh, used okay. to buy the Christmas tree, so you know you put the bulbs on it, and it looks like. I didn't know it was like, called
0: flocking. Yeah, flocking. Yeah.
1: Um, and it it, 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 it it it's actually pretty flammable. But anyways, they the, the, this particular science guy is looking at this it looks like fungus like Uh a white fungus and a white flocking on the on the trunks of these trees and on on the far bottom limbs of the trees and he he goes and does his research and he finds that it's barium and barium is the basic if if you're building a bomb or you want something to blow up or you want to if you got a gun and you fire the gun, and that bullet goes flying out of the chamber, mm-hmm. that's because there's some barium attached to that. Okay, you know fireworks and explosives, barium. Um, we, we now have the scenario where when there's a f- when a fire breaks out. Yeah. There was a time when that fire would be out in a day or two if it was any kind of a large fire. Mm-hmm. And now they rage for three months, four months at a time. Because
0: of the aluminum and the barium? No, because what, of the, the barium. barium.
1: Yeah. yeah. These forests just go.
0: Interesting. Yeah. What do you think of like 5G and all that kind of stuff? Like that. that's like a, another thing conspiracy theorists are really paranoid about you know about that 5g explain it to me 5g is what the you know the iphone is Uh using now like see so yeah mine says 5g right there like it used to be 4g but apparently so it downloads like much faster everything it's like way more powerful but apparently more of the bad shit all around us constantly can
1: i I bring up a point that when i'm the president of the united states yeah all of the cell phones they're gonna get there's gonna be a giant ditch somewhere out in the desert Mm -hmm. next to where they buried all of the bodies right see because when i become president all of the politicians no matter who they are you could be the greatest nicest person in the world but you're a politician, fuck you, you're out of here. Yeah, but so, if you're a
0: president, you'll be a politician. Um, so. But I'm not going to be hanging out <laughs> with other
1: politicians. I refuse to hang out with other... Uh, I refuse to... Yeah. Um, you know, let's bring it from the working class and the lower classes right. rather than just being a one percenter or... or you know, having to play all of the political sides and everything like that. So people won't vote for me anyways because when I show up, I'm going to be dressed just the way that I'm dressed. Yeah. And what you see is what you get.
0: It'll be a breath of fresh air.
1: Um, yeah, or there, it'll be a bloodbath. I, I would guarantee a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch McConnell would be the first one to go. And then mm-hmm. we, we I brought up the scenario with Betsy DeVos and her brother, who is making a killing off of... All of the all of the mercenary black black water, you know I'm gonna create my own army, and if you don't if the u s government doesn't hire me, I'll sell it to another dictator
0: right. So, are you? Do you check out a lot of stuff on YouTube and stuff, and research there? Or where do you get your re- Where do you do research um, on all this Google, kind of stuff?
1: Unfortunately, yeah. Google. See yeah. the, the. YouTube's pretty
0: informative. I know people like this. If you like, get your research on YouTube, but I don't know.
1: I'm just <laughs> s- such a mental moron when it comes to Facebook and Google and, you know, what happened to just going to the library and getting into the Dewey Decimal System.
0: I don't know, man. Do they still have libraries?
1: They do. There's a, We could walk to the library if you want to continue this later on okay. after we get through here. we can... do, you, do you have
3: a cell phone?
0: Flip phone. What
1: the fuck is a cell phone? <laughs> no. Um, I actually had a couple of cell phones. If you don't shut them off and you put them in your pocket, all of the energy and all of the juice just goes to wherever it goes. The black hole where all of the stuff goes. Right. Uh, we were talking about me working for V2 Records earlier, working for Richard Branson, the happiest billionaire in the world. Yeah. He, had a, um, he has a communication company. He, he has his own phone system over in Europe. And really? And because of that, my boss said, here, Keith, here's a gift. This is V2 and Virgin giving you a gift. And he gave me a cell phone. He said, we're going to the South by Southwest, which is the largest, the world's largest music situation. Mm -hmm. There's going to be over 300 or 600,000 people here. And so here's what happens. You're going to make it. You're gonna go. Uh, I have a list of 300 bands that I want to see. Where you? I go prepared.
0: When you were like, you say you're working with four of them, but you were a band on the label, right? You weren't actually. No, wor- you no. were actually working at the label. I was label. a Circle Jerk. Oh. I was still doing the
1: Circle. The jerk. The Circle Jerks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and So you weren't working at the label but you were a band on the no, label.
1: No, I worked for the label. Oh. I worked with the White Stripes. Oh. I worked with Moby. What did
0: you do on the label? I Which, was I was the
1: A&R boy.
0: Oh, you were A&R.
1: Uh, I had to, all of the all of the that's phone calls came awesome. through me. I that's, was the secretary. That's cool. Not the sex secretary. I was yeah. the s- secretary. Yeah. And so all of the calls came through me.
0: Did you enjoy working at I the label? I had a label? blast, yeah. I
1: loved it, because my boss was one of my best friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Who was that?
1: Um, guy named John Seidel. Okay. And, um, I got to sign a band. They let me sign a band. Who's and, that? Uh, They're called Neon. They're a, a Australian band that would... The way that I would describe them is, I want all of those kids out in the cornfield in the back of the car fucking their brains out while this music's being played on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like summertime uh, teenage sex.
0: Celebratory.
1: Um, very much like Nirvana and Cheap Trick. Wow. Um, yeah, just... Your parents would love the music. How
0: many albums do they put out?
1: They put out one
0: album. And then it fell apart?
1: Um, well, we, we put out one album. But um, getting back to the cellular thing, right? Um, my boss said, here, here's a cell phone. We're going to the South by Southwest. I go prepared. I have a list of 300 bands that I want to see Mm -hmm. and of course I'm not going to see all 300 bands because my rule is I go to a room, I'm watching the band, I'm looking at the crowd. A lot of times you can tell what kind of band is happening by the people in their crowd
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: um if if the kids are going ape shit you got to stick around because the energy could be really happening and the band could be really happening i have a rule where it's like i'll go see him i'll go i'll go see a band and if they're not rocking it out the way they're supposed to be rocking it out by about the third song in i got to go somewhere else right and so i have the cell phone and the and the 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 directive is keith if you're standing in one of these rooms and you're seeing a band and they're just, the, the whole place is going nuts. You call me on the cell phone and you tell me which room you're in and I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, what are you thinking? If this shit's fucking happening, I ain't getting on a cell phone.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so that shot down the cell phone. I, I've had two cell phones and never figured out how, the, 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 the correct way to use them because I just did not care. The, s- the cell phone like the computer has removed people's souls
0: from them well it makes them not present <laughs> yeah, like really not present yeah yeah. What, so how do you think you've escaped that do You think are you like kind of zen and like the moment or more than most or how what do you because most people fall into that I, like I fall into it too I'm guilty of it so I'm just curious how. Well, you... I'm not. So
1: I'm. I'm proud of the fact. No, then, and I'm proud I wanted, of the fact I, I that wanted... I live in a cave. I'm proud of the yeah, fact that, that I didn't buy my first CD until about 25 years ago. Yeah, like I refused to. I got vinyl. Why do uh-huh. I need to listen to a CD? Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm working in a record store and they, there's a box of uh, uh, bootleg CDs. Yeah. Like all of these Beatle recordings, all of the alternative takes, all of like 24 tracks of Strawberry Field, you mm-hmm. know? And it's, I, I'm a fan and it's like I got to listen to this stuff. So now all of a sudden I'm buying these CDs and I don't have a CD player. What
0: about now? How do you take in music now?
1: however I can get it
0: CDs or vinyl CDs, vinyl can, on the mp three or the yeah.
1: MPX or whatever you want to yeah. call it the I GPL like I like or... iTunes
0: I mean I know that might be sacrilege to say to you but I like it because it just gives me all the options right there but well
1: you know how to you know how to surf <laughs> through it and navigate through I all do, of it and, yeah. and
0: get it all for free well no I pay like monthly okay. subscription thing like your, you know
1: what $10. I don't know what it is.
0: is. I put my card in one time and I've, that's how, what it's been. So I, it, they charge me automatically every month.
1: Yeah, I don't like iTunes. I yeah. don't like any of it. Yeah. Spotify. Yeah. My, my um, royalties for online, um, the, the songs that get played on online, uh, I think my last uh, SoundCloud. Is it SoundCloud, or is that another company that... It's another company. Yeah, see, I can't keep up with all of that crap. I just want to live my life and not be bothered with any of it. (laughs) I guess, call me a simple man or what have you. Right. But call me real, you know, I want to keep it real, and, you know, who needs to...
3: It's commendable, man. It's not easy to do in this day and age. my, My royalty check from these
1: online people is... $20 Twenty dollars um, every three or four months, or whenever it is. I don't even
0: know what mine is. I, I honestly don't. It just goes to some business thing, and that's it. I don't. I know even, that I, it's
3: good for a meal. Yeah, a meal. Yeah,
0: let's order a meal. I'm starving. <laughs> don't you want to order?
3: You have your. You, so you come to this. We're at the Desert Rose. You. This is your regular joint. Um, I. Um, I'm a regular here on the weekends
1: because my regimen is I will. Uh, purchase an iced coffee, a really great iced coffee at the coffee shop on the corner from my house. Then I will walk across the street to the Vons. I will purchase the Saturday edition of the LA Times. And then on Sunday, I will purchase the Sunday version of the LA Times. Then I will walk up here I will order some food, and they might have some kind of sporting event on television. I, I love sports. I don't look like a guy that played sports. I look like the guy who, uh, when it came time for football, got his face rubbed in the, the grass or into the dirt. Uh, I was always picked to be the like an offensive lineman. And the, gu- the opposing player would be the guy that outweighed me by 200 pounds. So um, I was not... Uh, I could have pr- probably played on the golf team at my high school, but golf is such a lame-ass sport. It should be, all of those people should just be buried next to where the gopher blew up the... I like Bill Murray, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 let's order, yeah. yeah. Let's
0: order. Yeah, are you going to order something? Oh,
1: yeah, of course. I got to eat. Yeah. Being a diabetic, I got to eat.
3: you recommend what you just ordered? Um,
1: they, they, they make a really great dish called Shashuka which is I, I want to say it's a Middle Eastern Shaxuka. Shashuka 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 yeah I was close hey I'm a white guy I was born here I was born two blocks from here yeah. I'm a white Shaxuka guy I don't know good. all of this yeah. stuff Shashuka is good okay yeah. it's a it's it's what tomato sh- t- tomato tomato onion eggs. peppers eggs you can get, um, you have goat cheese? Uh, goat cheese, yeah we do. See, and that, that makes it, that sends it to that part of the world. Well, we're uh, part of a genre where we're stuck in a box. Mm-hmm. The whole punk rock hardcore thing. It, you, you don't get to, you don't get change to be adventurous. You don't, you don't change just, it up. That's, that's not part of the rules. Right. And having been doing this since 1977, mm-hmm. it gets kind of tiring. It's like, come on, people, you know, let's get more colorful. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's been black and white for all of these years.
0: So are you getting more colorful?
1: Oh, We're getting very colorful. How so? Um, well... Normally, what we do is we, we state our influences, uh-huh. being bands like The Damned and Stiff Little Fingers and Blue Oyster Cult, and we love Black Sabbath. And this time around, we're, we've been listening to Krautrock. We love Noi. We, we love Einzendzende Neubot, mm-hmm. who are not Krautrocks, but they're Kraut. So, yeah. well, we can lump them into that category. Yeah. Uh, We love Can. We also have a friend where we were working. Who he builds his own equipment. He he had been in a band called Man Is the Bastard and Bastard Noise, which is just some of the most brutal shit you're ever going to hear. Mm -hmm. That just it 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 wants to just melt all of the flesh off of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, He, in his infinite wisdom. We said, so what? What's, what's your major influence in all of your music? And he said, um, George Harrison went to India mm-hmm. to, to go on his spiritual path, to find the guru and the yogi and all of that. And in doing so, not only did he meet Ravi Shankar, mm-hmm. who would be, when it comes to Indian music, he's the main guy. He's, he's the Elvis Presley of India. Um, before he met Ravi Shankar, he encountered other Indian musical um, organizations where he is listening to what equates to be an Indian orchestra mm-hmm. of about 30 people. Yeah. And George Harrison, the first record George Harrison puts out on his own label is some of these musicians. Right. And that would be on his Dark Horse label. Right. The, this particular recording that we were told to go to had nothing to do with George Harrison. Mm. It was like this group, this Indian orchestra, it, it's, it's fucking brilliant. It's just, let's go somewhere we've not been. Right. Take us to a faraway place. Yeah. You know, like I said, we're stuck in a box. Yeah. The whole punk rock hard, hardcore thing is nothing but a, a list of rules of what you can't listen to. Right. Uh, and who you can and who's cool, who's not. This is how you're supposed to look. This is the way you're supposed to behave. Why do
0: you think that is?
1: It's everything that when we started playing music was, it was what we were opposed to.
0: Right. So why do you think it switched to that?
1: I, you know what? I could not answer that question because I don't care. Right. You know? Fear. Fear. um, That's. That's good, fear, yeah. and they're
0: a really good band. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean the band, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were. Th- I thought that's, that's the direction. That's coffee, you actually. Yeah, yeah. And you just
1: water down his co- Come well, on now, Fabian. That's okay. I can have a.
0: Let me see if it tastes good. Coffee tea. About
3: that. <laughs> but don't. That, the f- that's iced tea. D- don't, the yeah, fans, that d- don't the fans taste good? Don't the fans have a lot to do with the Keith? Like Pardon me. The fans. You got to
0: put your headphones on. Well,
3: th- that's what I'll it's have- about. You right. know.
1: That's what it's about. We do this for our fans, but at a certain point, some of our fans are gonna bell on us anyways because yeah. they've heard enough. And, wh-
0: and why wouldn't the fans no, enjoy feel, like, I, I, no, changing it up? No, I unwritten
3: and, rules of like punk fans and hardcore yeah, it's where, where they're like, you cannot deviate from this. And then why when, is when that? the bands do, they sort of like backlash at the bands.
0: Yeah, but I don't know, backlashes are healthy. Like, it's good to upset I'm, people. It's good yeah, to upset I mean, the narrative. It's good to, like, go against the grain. I, that's what it's all it's about. It's good to turn it upside down. Exactly. It's good to, like, punch it in the face. It's boring not to. 100%. 100%. It's death not to.
3: But, you know, I was, uh, I was telling Joe um, on, on a certain bl- uh, flag video that um, I happened to film you guys with Joe Burns uh, in 2013 at Irving Plaza. Uh, And the video is amazing and you guys were on fire, but I get these YouTube notifications daily of comments. So your fans use the comment section of that video section to daily debate everything that you said that you cannot deviate from. Like who does it better? And is it this and is it that? And it's a constant battle with fans um, as to everything we're talking
1: about. And at one point, you get to step away from that and do something for yourself. You know, having, having done this as long as I've done this, there's a, there's a, there's a set expectation. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm tired of living up to people's expectations. All I have to do is show up and do what I do mm-hmm. and do it to the best of my abilities. And let that speak for itself. And if that's not good enough, then go play on the freeway. Go listen to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain people, there are certain bands that have set certain bars that we, we can try for the rest of our lives to reach that bar and not ever even come close. Like who? Like the bad brains. Right. For a period in time... That band was untouchable. Mm-hmm. That band was the greatest band in the world. Right. There was a time when uh, Aerosmith put out three albums, and they were the greatest al- They were the greatest band in the world. Yeah. You know, and a punk rock guy's not supposed to make a comment like that. A hardcore guy's not supposed to say. Aerosmith. Well, the Rolling Stones went through a period when they were working with Jimmy Miller, and they recorded six albums that were untouchable. Right. You know, the New York Dolls. I have friends to this day think the New York Dolls are the greatest rock and roll band ever and they 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 don't even come close right you know the Rolling Stones step up on goat head soup and play a song called star star which is star fucker star fucker star fucker star fucker star and and the the New York Dolls on their greatest day and their greatest performance are gonna look up at that song and go we we can't go there right you know, it's just there's certain things that happen and there's certain things that don't happen. And that's the way of the world. We just continue on our paths. We, we continue to, to do the things that we do and hope that we're doing them to the best of our
0: abilities. Yeah. And that's the best that we can do. It's the four agreements. Always do your best. Never make assumptions. Don't take things personal and be impeccable with your word
1: just step up and do it the way that it's supposed to be
0: done. Yeah, Mick Jagger's an underrated songwriter because he's one of the greatest ever and people don't really ever think of him like that.
1: Well, they always, they always think of him uh, being- The uh, business guy. Well, no, because he is yeah. part of one of the greatest greatest rock music songwriting teams yeah. with Keith Richards. Yeah, I
0: feel like Keith gets all the credit.
1: Yeah.
0: And Mick is like a great, I mean, who wrote the lyrics? Beast of Burden, those lyrics are insane. Well, we actually have a song yeah.
1: on our new record, the mm-hmm. new off album, that's based on a conversation between Keith Richards and Mick
0: Jagger. That's amazing. Yeah. How's that one go?
1: Uh, well, um, we're, we're in our rehearsal space, our, which is also our recording studio. Yeah. And we're working on what is the first song that we worked on as a band towards this new project right and it's like keith so you do you have any idea for any lyrics Uh it's like guys we just played this song like six times i'm still confused right but where does the riff come in where does the where's the verse where's the chorus i'm lost and these are
0: the lyrics that you're singing on this (laughs) well like like that we're
1: Where we are uh, that should be the lyrics.
0: I think so. <laughs> or at least like a
1: prelude or some shit. <laughs> Anyways, we're like looking at each other. We're looking at each other yeah. trying to sort this out. Yeah. Like, well, we're, we're, what's, what's the lyrical content? And it's like, dude, we just wrote the song, Goddamn it. Right. Come on, let's get real. Yeah. You know, give me some time to like let this settle in. My brain's still in a fog. So Dimitri... Our guitar player,
0: yeah,
1: the, his setup in the in the uh, rehearsal space is he's over by all of our merch tubs, mm-hmm. where all of our T-shirts are sitting there waiting for us. They're going, take us on tour, take us on tour. We want to, we we need to get out of this tub and we need to be on somebody's body, right. you know. And um, he looks up, and one of the tubs we have, uh, um, we have. Two of our um, Raymond Pettibone designed um, t-shirts mm-hmm. we have um, wasted Satan it says wasted Satan on the side of the tub uh-huh. there's there's an th- one of our recordings is called wasted years uh-huh. and the other recording is called um, Satan did not appear uh-huh. um, and on the tub it says Waste wasted Satan. Satan. It's like, so now how do you describe Donald Trump Uh without describing Donald Trump? You know, I hate the president. Uh, Let's revolt. Let's blow up the White House. All of that kind of punk rock kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, let's keep it on that thread. Okay, but so how how do we describe Donald Trump without describing Donald Trump? He's the guy that shows up to the party. He passes out in the Lazy Boy with a cigarette. And he ends up setting the sofa on fire with some guy who's passed out on it. So now we have this charred upholstery. We have this burnt body. And he's whistling the song and he's going door to door knocking like, I'm here to deliver the shit. And here it is for you.
0: That's crazy. Those are great lyrics. Everything you just said. That whole Donald Trump. Well, it's, b- <laughs> based like, on, it's based on. It's based on a conversation I mean, between. The imagery King, of that King, was, King, was King. fucking sick, dude. B- <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> based on the, the the song title was presented to us. On the side of a fucking plastic tub, right? Like a 20-pound tub. Yeah,
0: so and it's called so wasted. Satan. It's called wasted. That's Satan. a good album title too, maybe.
1: Um, well, we're 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 going somewhere else because we're calling it Watermelon, and oh, it's I based it. on a science fiction movie that's attached to the soundtrack. <laughs> Okay. The 25 songs were writ- written for the soundtrack,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but of
1: course we've got to whittle it down because we've, we've already filmed documentary style, guerrilla documentary style, mm-hmm. the, the beginning of the movie where we're on tour and we hate each other. It's like we're supposed to be best friends. It's all for one and one for all. Yeah. And, and and on this
0: tour we're discovering. That's a that great idea. A fake documentary? Well, it but it's it's it, it it looks very, very real. The new Dylan documentary is all fake. Yeah, but the is thing it? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a gag. It's not it's like they made it up in like editing and stuff. Joseph, the, the reason
1: <laughs> is Dylan in on
0: it? Oh, yeah, of course. He's a genius, man. And so is Joan Baez. <laughs> yeah, all of them. You it's know, there's footage
1: of her hanging out with <laughs> Mick Ronson. Speaking of going back to the man who sold the
0: world, Right. that's
1: Mick Ronson's guitar showcase. Uh-huh. And if you if you can't pick up on the greatness of Mick Ronson, oh, I love him. then go play on the freeway, no, like I he's, said before. Yeah,
0: he's, he's the greatest. I have and a Rano Bender fuzz pedal. It's the best. But
1: he's part of the the wild troop, or... You know, whatever it's called. And and it was Bob Dylan thinking, My my two favorite artists right now are David Bowie mm-hmm. and Lou Reed. Lou Reed. And Lou, um Mick Ronson played a big role in The Spiders from Mars and yeah. all of David Bowie's greatest recordings. Yeah. And he also played a I, role
0: Did you see that documentary on Mick Ronson? I haven't. Dude, it is incredible. There's a documentary out about him that and it and it talks about how underrated he kind of w- was in terms of inventing that bo- that that era of that Bowie sound and not really kind of getting fooled. Well, he
1: also was responsible for the orchestration. Right. All of those yeah. all of those string parts. Right. Those brilliant, exactly. those brilliant, genius like yeah. you can you can't place this guy in a mountain high enough.
0: No, it's really true. It's really, you know, and really true. And the,
1: the brilliant thing about Mick Ronson is yeah. he um, came off the tip. There was a triumvirate of British guitar players mm-hmm. that included Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, and Jimmy Page, who all played in the Yardbirds. Right. And Mick Ronson could have easily played in the Yardbirds, one of the greatest rock and roll bands ever. Mm-hmm. So getting back to Bob Dylan and his Wild Troop or whatever it's called, I had no interest in watching it because I heard the story of why Mick Ronson was brought into it. Why? And that was because Bob Dylan at the time, his his love of David Bowie and his love of Lou Reed, it's like, I gotta be like them. So how do I be like them? Well, I'll call up the guitar player who played on those records and Mick Ronson, it couldn't have been a worse fit right it, at one point they're playing a song, and bob dylan it, it's like there there's a guitar- Mick Ronson does a guitar solo, and the song just goes on and on and on and on, like some of Bob Dylan's songs can turn into a ten minute opus or what have you, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden here's another opening, and it's perfect time for another guitar solo and mick ronson steps up to do the solo you know do a different solo because he's capable of not repeating himself Uh when it comes to this create creative thing and all of a sudden bob dylan's like oh no this is this isn't this shit's not supposed to be happening and he looks at the drummer and says just end this right here right now Mm -hmm. like cut this guy off And it was, uh, I didn't even see it. I just heard the story. I heard how Mick Ronson really shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. Mick Ronson um, apparently had been asked to join Spark. Uh-huh. One of the greatest pop bands, one of the greatest bands English, to come out of, pa- out of, out of Pacific Palisades, right? the they, Brothers. Are
0: they UK now? Well,
1: well, no, they went to the UK. They, went to the, they got famous and, and, in the UK. And yeah, they right. put out three albums on island that mm-hmm. are brilliant from start to finish. I got to meet those guys once. And they're brilliant. They're really yeah. great guys. Yeah. I witnessed a concert down at Madame Wong's West. One of my friends had uh, invited a band from Australia to come over, he was gonna sign them to either Slash slash Records or Ruby Records, Mm -hmm. which was responsible for X and Fear and Violent Femmes and early Los Lobos and the Blasters and the Gun Club. Let's let's not fail to mention the Gun Club. And let's cap it all off with the Germs, that one Germs record, which is genius listen, to, listen the germs. to the germs yeah um he brought them over from australia they were here for a year they played four shows that was all they could get while they were here in 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 the one year that they were here i saw two of the shows they were one of the most brilliant rock and roll garage rock bands i'd ever seen mm-hmm. per- perfect from australia all a bunch of criminals You know, that's everybody on that island, that that giant rock. They're all crooks and thieves, and it's in their blood. But anyways, they played at a place called Madam Wong's, and I'm at this particular show where Chris D. records their set off of the board onto cassette. I'm standing there, and I'm looking around. The crowd is just really not existent. Mm -hmm. maybe 12 people 20 people there and this band's just tearing it up just ripping into it and i look to my left and the guy that's standing next to me is the youngest male brother he was the he played quarterback on the pacific palisades high school team and he's the guy with the falsetto voice Mm -hmm. you would say this guy wasn't this guy could never participate in sports this guy had to be on the debate team mm-hmm. you know this this guy was probably if he did participate in sports he was on the tennis team mm-hmm. um, or he was the water boy for the football team but he ha- happened to be the quarterback on the team which meant he got to fuck all of the cheerleaders mm-hmm. good for him so um, <laughs> Mick Ronson turned down the opportunity to become a member of sparks to go out on the Bob Dylan special extra. Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder. Uh, it, for Mick Ronson, it would have been called the Rolling Blunder. Right. Which is really sad and pathetic. But that's Bob Dylan. Anybody when Bob Dylan snaps his fingers, everybody lines up to do his shit.
0: And are you a fan of Bob Dylan?
1: I hated Bob Dylan for a zillion years, Why? and then I grew up and realized that he was one of the. He's one of the greatest lyricists, yeah, all of that early stuff, all of that folk stuff, and then when he got the electric shit going on, all of that stuff, Blonde when he, on when, Blonde when he started, 61. when he started, It's All Over Now, Baby Blue is that's one a, of the greatest songs ever fucking written. It's incredible.
0: What about Lou Reed? Yeah. Um,
1: Lou Reed, I, I, Lou Reed was... Um, my introduction to the Velvet Underground wasn't because I listened to the Velvet Underground. I thought the Velvet Underground were boring. Really? Boring, boring, boring. Why? I um, Because they were just, they didn't they didn't rock my planet. I need Black Sabbath and Alice Cooper and yeah. Grand Funk. I need Uriah Heep and Deep Purple. I need shit beating me over the head. Right. I don't need any whamby-pamby I stuff.
0: Love, I love that first Velvet Underground record. Though. Well,
1: we're going to get to the Velvet Underground yeah. because... I saw um I saw David Bowie in 1972. He was my introduction to Lou Reed, mm-hmm. who I would see on the um the um the I want to say his second solo album on RCA. I saw him play his, his backup band were some just a bunch of like long blonde stoner dudes out of a high school in, in Brooklyn somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he actually took them on tour and I saw him at the Santa Monica Civic and it was like nuts. Right. So my introduction to the Velvet Underground is from David Bowie right. to Lou Reed. Yeah. And in and there sandwiched back. in sandwiched in there is Mot the Hoople, uh-huh. Sweet Jane. Yeah. You oh, know, right. Martha Hoople doing it in, in ge- it's just a genius version of Sweet Jane.
0: Yeah, Ian Hunter's still out there rocking it like 80. It's crazy. Thank you.
1: Oh, that steak looks good.
0: Yeah. But. Thank you.
1: But not as good as the turkey sausage. Bon
0: Appetit. Oh. Thank you, thank you. So, um, what about Iggy Pop? So, is it
1: polite to eat with a mouthful of food? I don't know. Yeah, go for it. Are we going to find out?
0: I don't know. Like, if we it. should it take a break and eat or what?
3: Up to Keith. I'm fine. Want
0: to take a break and eat?
3: Well, let me finish my Velvet yes, Underground please. story. Okay, yeah. I want to hear more Lou Reed Okay. Yes.
1: Well, um, so, this is my introduction to the Velvet Underground. I'm, I'm being introduced to them by, like, guys that are rocking it up. They're not playing it like the Velvet Underground. The Velvet Underground were, um, the, the way that they performed and the way they recorded their music and the way that their music sounded, I could sit and listen to them sandwiched on the couch between my mom and dad. Now, uh, of course, the lyricism is uh, getting kind of dark and going to weird, ugly places, but that's okay. Long live Lou Reed.
3: I agree. What's your favorite Lou album? That second one?
1: I love Transformer just because of Mick Ronson and David Bowie and their participation.
0: What I, about Berlin? You ever uh, listen to Berlin? I love
1: Berlin. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I really love his, his first solo album, which has the, the bird on the street sitting on top of the Fabergé egg. In the middle of the street and it's like broadway and and whatever in new york and there's a wave coming over the street and it's the the album cover is great the songs are great what's that one called do you remember it's just called i believe it's just
0: called lou reed just Just
1: go lou reed when you can't come up with a title for your record you just name it after yourself
0: yeah I asked him, because I, I used to be friends with him, but um, and I asked him uh, for a band name he gave me. He suggested I name my band Coos. How
3: do you spell that?
0: I don't know. It's a Coos. It's like a slang for uh, vagina. Okay. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and I
1: believe it's also the little uh, foam device that you wrap your chilled beverage
3: cozy. it that's could that's be bad. a koozie a koozie right yeah I guess so
0: he told me I should name one of my albums brakeless cuz I a had good a title yeah I had a bike that didn't have brakes and he goes you should call your next album Joe Arthur brakeless
1: I um, <laughs> I drove a Chrysler mm-hmm. um, from uh, Hermosa Beach to San Diego which is a good hour and a half to see Deep Purple on the Machine Head Tour at the San Diego Sports Arena, and there were no brakes in the car. And we're in the fast lane going about 65, 70. <laughs> but that's what we did because, you know, we're living life. Let's just go out there, live and learn. And if you're on the high dive, don't, you don't need to look down to see how much water is down below. Just jump off. You know, we're kids. We're teenagers. Yeah, you know, two weeks from now we'll be getting back up and doing it all over again.
0: You knew Joe Strummer too, right? Joe or, Strummer. Or he was um, a fan of yours.
1: Joe Strummer. Um, I. Um, sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we try to, um, we t- try to hold our ego in check, and all of a sudden we're t- talking about. All of the praise that's been lumped upon us, Uh, I I can get into a long list, Um, but Joe Strummer, I was bartending down on Melrose at a place called Smalls. Joe was a member of the Pogues at the time. The Pogues were recording here in Los Angeles. I, uh, I have no reason why, but they had gathered here in Los Angeles, and it was Joe's turn to buy all of those alcoholic, drunken, limey goofballs. It was his turn to buy the round, the next round. So he came up to the bar and he looked at me and he said, Keith, I love your body of work. Your body of work is great. Some of the greatest music I've listened to. And I didn't know how to respond. I'm like looking at Joe Strummer and I'm going, fucking Guns on the Roof, Uh, Safe European Home, Tommy Gunn, White Riot. Working for the clamp down. Are you kidding? This this guy's on a pinnacle that nobody touches. He's up there with Bob Dylan. He he's up there with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards and Pete Townsend and Ray Davies and Lennon and McCartney. He's he's in that group. And I'm like fucking floored. I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. So I say thank you. And I, I love you too. And your favorite album of mine is the second Clash album that was produced by Sandy Perlman, who produced all of the Blue Oyster Cult records. And that would be the record that all of the punk rocks hate because of the production. What's it called? And those songs give them enough rope. Right. That record fucking rocks from start to finish. And yes, it is polished and it's buffed but it was exactly what The Clash needed at that time. They needed that bump up because they were, what they were doing was they were starting to move into new musical territories that punk rocks aren't supposed to go to. Right. You know, they they would eventually get into some disco and they would get into some dance and they would get into some Motown and some stacks and some hip hop and they would get into just some good old rock and roll. And that's what made The Clash so brilliant and so genius that they they stepped out of their box and said enough of the box mate now we're moving on Mm -hmm. um my greatest compliment and i i I will continue to say this for the rest of my life at one point in my life i discovered that my dad had bought a turntable and it was time to start buying vinyl records to spin on this turntable I believe the fourth album that I bought was Chuck Berry's Greatest Hits, a double album. I put on side three. It never left the turntable for about four months. Mm -hmm. I found myself along with my fellow members of the Circle Jerks on a disastrous tour we were signed to Mercury Records, and Mercury Records couldn't reach behind themselves and grab their asses. They could line up, they could have all of the staff members line up next to each other, and they could all reach around back and not grab one ass cheek. We're on this disastrous tour. It's like we're, we're coming to the break. We're in St. Louis, Missouri. We're playing at a place called Mississippi Nights, on the Mississippi River and we're jamming away. There's 800 kids just going fucking bananas. They're going ape shit. It's just like the energy is undeniable. This, this, is, what a, this is like what a real rock, punk rock, whatever, you, whatever kind of gig you want to describe it as, this is what's supposed to be happening. All of a sudden There's a break between a couple of our songs and there's a guy standing at the front of the stage and he's waving and he's wearing his little skipper hat, little black guy waving and our roadie recognizes him, our our stage guy recognizes him and immediately runs to the front of the stage. He knows who it is. He comes to us and says he's pointing at him as uh, a couple of people are helping him get up on stage because you, you don't say no to this guy. When he steps up and says he wants to play with you, you play with him. You, you toss any of your mentality right out the goddamn motherfucking window. He's standing on stage. He's standing in front of Greg Hudson. Our, our roadies like excited Th- this guy wants to play with units like greg looks at us he says um to our roadie cut my rig in half turn my rig into t- t- two parts mm-hmm. you know we got two marshall heads we got two marshall cabinets and there sits my les paul jr which was basically what les paul created for mary ford a dainty slim version of a les paul only we would call it an sg
0: right sg yeah
1: so chuck berry's playing this les paul sg and greg looks at us and just says play along you won't know what he's playing until he gets to the chorus, <laughs> and I'm standing there. I'm in awe. I'm this this guy. He wrote the book. There would be no Keith Richards. No there would Bob Dylan. No, no Johnny Thunders. No Beatles. No Beach Boys. None of them. None of them would be. None of them would exist if it wasn't for the blueprint that this guy created. That's true. And we get through playing. I, I I I don't. I'm I'm at a loss. I'm just like. I'm floored. My jaw's on the ground. How, how I'm, I'm look, I'm, we played one song. It was Roll Over Beethoven, and the kids went just fucking nuts. They would have, they would have burned that place to the ground if they would have had the opportunity to. I left out Angus Young. Mm hmm. Because Angus Young is also, if there's an altar and they're all looking up at Chuck Berry, it would it would be Angus Young sitting sandwiched in between Keith Richards and Chuck Berry and Johnny Thunders would be there and
0: Bob Dylan got like, his phrasing so much of his phrasing right from Keith I mean Chuck Berry
1: and you you have George Harrison and John Lennon and you know the Wilson brothers and the Beach Boys all of these guys they would they 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 would be lost if there was no Chuck Berry on his way out as he was exiting, see, because he saw the energy. He saw what was going on. He saw that this is, this is what rock and roll is supposed to be about. On his way out, as he was saying goodbye to the club owner, he pulled the club owner to him and said, you tell these guys that, that, this, that, that you, these guys are one of the greatest rock and roll bands I've ever seen.
0: That's you don't. That's amazing.
1: You don't get a better compliment than that.
0: No, that's incredible.
1: And that was the night that I thought I lost ten thousand dollars in my backpack. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> I'd placed my backpack under a chair in the dressing room, and I, like an idiot, walking, you had 10 grand walk, in there walking, ar- walking around in this euphoria the there's no drug that replaces what I was just told I'm walking around just in a mental state of just being up in the clouds right you know how do you get over a compliment like that you know he he told Keith Richards to get off the stage
0: that's true he slapped Keith Richards I I met Joe Strummer. I got to smoke my first ever spliff with Joe Strummer at Real World in England. He was rolling a tobacco thing and putting hash on it. I never had seen, I was young. I just had got there. I was like a kid. I never had seen anybody roll a spliff before. So I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And whatever that is, I'm going to participate in it. But I was sober at that time already. I was 25 and I was already going to like meetings and being sober and everything like that
1: okay but it's you smoke some hashish
0: hash with Joe Strummer, yeah
1: and some tobacco
0: that was it it was like it came around twice and it didn't do anything and
1: and did you feel like running out and trying to find the hash dealer
0: I did and I did end up I did it did create that I ended up I ended up cooking like I and I could never get high enough off of it And so I ended up cooking it in their kitchen on putting it on toast. And then I was making a record with uh, John Leckie who produced like the Stone Roses and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I gave him a piece of toast and me a piece of toast. And then we like like all of a sudden would like we're like hallucinating that the speakers were on fire and shit like that because I had put so much hash on this toast. And then the next day I I went to sleep and the next day I didn't wake up till 6 p.m. And I ran to the studio, we were supposed to meet at noon. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But he, it's your record, right? It was my record. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And he goes, don't worry about it. I just got here myself. I just woke up too, because we both, so we both slept the whole next day based on this hash sandwich that kind of started with Joe Strummer, but. And,
1: and Lecky as a producer yeah. Is way happening.
0: Yeah, well he worked with John Lennon too. He was an assistant back in those days and Didn't First um, Radiohead or L- the Bands.
1: Lecky was um, there was also Martin Rushent and there was um, you know the guys that produced Magazine and Uh-huh. What else was Lecky responsible for? A ton. Like Buzzcocks. Oh. that might have been Martin Rushent.
0: I don't know, let's look Lecky like, up real quick. This is what technology is good for, shit like this. There you go, <laughs> <laughs> when
1: all else fails.
0: Um, but yeah. Uh, now do
1: you have the device, in your, the, the app in your phone where you're actually witnessing somebody and you, you know nothing about them and you hear a song and it's like, who is this? And you put the phone up in the air, and the phone listens to the song, and then the yeah. phone tells you, "This is Jaime and the Nosebleeds." Always do it's called that, Shazam,
0: yeah. No, well, you don't even need that. You just do it through Siri. Yeah, the Radiohead, the Stone Roses, the Levellers, Muse, Levellers, that. XTC, that too, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He uh, produced, he produced like the first couple of XTC records. Uh huh. We went through this period where the only eggs you ate were egg whites because you couldn't eat the you couldn't eat the, the healthy yolk part the yolk is the most healthy part it gives it's you got all the vitamins and it, nutrients it gives your hair the shine and it That's gives right. your skin the sheen and
0: exactly I'm learning a lot about that kind of stuff and and the sort of evils of carbohydrates and stuff like that I'm a you, diabetic yeah, so it's like so you don't do carbohydrates or any kind of that kind of thing do you a little bit of fruits okay but Dude, you
1: need to eat the stuff that cleans out your pipes.
0: Mm, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I don't know anymore. I think we've been lied to so thoroughly by like so in so many ways and it's like a lot of new information is coming out. Like I'm working I'm operating on ketosis now where I'm using just fat as my resource of like energy instead of like that sugar spike and all so that. So you're doing the
1: keto keto yeah. diet. I'm into See, it. See, I um I did some research, yeah, and knew because of the 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 cost of insulin is right. just so ridiculous, uh-huh. you know, and that's part of the the slave trade like, and yeah. the the brainwashing scenario exactly, and, and, and
0: people's mood disorders too. Like like when you like stop like having the like going off of sugar, your mood stabilizes so much. I'm so much more calm than I was. It's like. That's the part of the diet that appeals to me the most. I
1: have so much energy. I sleep two hours a night. Yeah, and
0: then, uh, but dude, I, I'm the same way. I, I sleep more than two hours, but I have a lot did of Did I energy.
1: just... Uh, uh,
0: Projectile? No. Uh,
1: toss one into your lap.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> I could only be so lucky. No. <laughs> didn't make it there.
2: But I, I, I appreciate <laughs> you, the concern. You, you,
1: you could... When you're talking to Victoria Williams later yeah. on this evening, hopefully, you could hopefully. go... Fingers well, crossed. Keep our fingers crossed Yeah. because she's, she's amazing. Yeah. You are not going to meet a nicer person. Yeah. And she's really talented, she's really Great sweet. Great songwriter. And she's, where, where is she from, South Carolina? We're gonna K- we go up there.
0: Yeah. But so you're, um, so you're dealing with the diet stuff, and obviously, and are you, can you reverse your diabetic situation? Or what do you told, think? Like,
1: I was told if you go on a raw diet, which is nuts, yeah I don't raw meat and raw vegetables, you can reverse it, yeah. and it's like <laughs> what, what what just kind
0: eliminate of, carbs, eliminate well, carbs here, here's, full, full here's on, eliminate carbs. Here's like,
1: what I did, and it was really, really yeah. simple. what really super simple. I've lost twelve pounds right over the last about seven weeks, uh-huh. Without really even thinking about it. Right. No bread.
0: No bread. No dude. pizza. No I, I, way. I, I,
1: will, I will eat pizza no. here and there.
0: No. No. And oh dude it, it's be, a non-starter just
1: be, being 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 a guy that works in a band our line of work no, don't there's use that, that domino's excuse. there's a domino's pizza at the end of the night and when you're no, hungry man. and it you have a choice between go a snickers bar at a
0: diner. but pizza's not that in the
3: grand yes. scheme of things in the grand scheme in the of grand things, scheme of things it, the, it, it's poisonous it's it, better to it, eat pizza in the morning than cereal in the morning. no
0: it's well both are bad they're the same thing both are just a Both are carbs and sugar and creating tons of inflammation and diabetic conditions and inflammation in the body and the brain. Well, you're really
1: adamant, but you didn't let me finish my, my scenario. Yeah. Because I love pasta. And nobody knows the proper way to present pasta. It's always a big plate of all of these noodles and all of this... Carbohydrate, and then a little bit of tomato sauce or whatever, you know, um, garlic or olive oil or chopped tomatoes. Mm -hmm. I read about this in Cosmopolitan magazine. My mom had a subscription to Cosmopolitan magazine, and I read about this in the mid '70s. Yeah, the the proper way to present the pasta is it's three to one your pasta is one and everything else that you put on the pasta is your three
0: Uh uh-huh
1: you're 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 supposed to pile on the stuff that you would pile on top of the pasta and not make it about the pasta
0: right interesting I've,
1: I've eliminated pasta yeah and I love pasta um, yeah,
0: me too, by the way. I'm adamant because like, I'm, ex- I'm getting great results out of this and I'm just trying to like, he wants to lose weight and clear up some of his stuff too, so I'm just saying this is a diet that can work for that. But I love pasta and pizza and all that shit too. It's yeah. not like, you know, but I'm like I live in the, New at, York. At the same time, <laughs> You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. dude, I lived off of that. So, you know. Well, there's more to it. Yeah.
1: Because you, you, you eliminate bread. Right. And, and I love a cheeseburger, nothing better than a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. uh, except I I would substitute a turkey patty instead of beef. Right. You know, no big deal because we've eaten enough beef, we've eaten enough McDonald's and Burger King and all of that crap growing up, you know, now it's time to move on from all of that, which is also not that difficult to do. The um, situation with the burger is you eliminate the bun I I go to fat burger and they make me a turkey patty and they put it on top of a bed of lettuce with all the other stuff that I would want on it right and it's it's just as tasty if not more tasty yeah you know being a diabetic one of the first things they tell you one of the first rules is when you're looking at a piece of fruit yeah you're not looking at the whole piece of fruit you're looking at that piece of fruit you're going to cut it in half Mm-hmm. You're not eating the whole piece of fruit. So yeah. you eat half a banana. You eat half an apple. You eat half an orange. Uh, you're going to eat watermelon. You eat a couple of slices of watermelon and you leave it at that. Yeah.
0: You,
1: you do need the fruit. It, 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 it does help energize you. You, right. you need the, the roughage, just like being a diabetic.
0: Unless you go into ketosis, then you don't need that stuff. If you go into ketosis, then you're using fat as your as your fuel source. I've I've,
1: I've been there. I've been you know, in. The, I've been in the. It's g- a flip. I've
0: been you, it, it's hard to get there, but once you're there, then that's what you're doing. I went into the. I've been I, in ketosis for like a month now.
1: I went into ketosis. Yeah. And I was in a coma. Oh really? Where I was fully awake. Right. Fully aware of what was, like if the the wind blew through the window in the hotel room. You
0: went into a coma because of ketosis.
1: I went into It was ketosis induced. Wow. Because I didn't eat. Uh, You know, on an international flight where you're flying and it's like a one day thing, Mm -hmm. 24 hours out of your life. Right. And all of a sudden you're connecting flight from Heathrow to Oslo, Norway. Yeah. Has has nothing, no food to serve.
0: What about fasting? Do you ever fast?
1: No, no, no. I, I. being a diabetic, oh, it's like that. I gotta, I, cause I gotta keep the, the insulin and the I see. I gotta be on yeah. it. I gotta be gotta on it. Got to be a, regular. I gotta be regular.
0: Yeah. So what was your you, uh, Ehud said? You want to talk about your morning routine as well? Like, I'm just
3: curious, as a diabetic, how does that go with tour life? And like, what do you? I see you traveled with. Uh, is is that an epipen or is that the insulin?
1: This is my insulin. It's in pen form. Very convenient. Um, what I do, the way that i 've been trained is that I look at the the, the, the food that i 'm eating
2: mm-hmm.
1: on this plate there 's nothing that requires any kind of insulin right now that actually depending upon the fruit and the the, the ripeness and yeah. the, the, the the sweetness of the fruit, that could be th- three or four bumps of insulin Mm-hmm. And that's how it gets played. And it, if I say I eat a, uh, this is a bowl of fruit. Normally you eat a cup of fruit. That's, mm-hmm. That would be like one bump of insulin, mm-hmm. depending upon what it is. Now, if it's a handful of grapes that are very sugary and sweet, then that could be two bumps of insulin. The way that I'm trained is if you know what you're going to eat, then you know the amount of insulin to use. You get into that program. Now me, I eat out a lot. I don't really eat at home. I'm just too lazy. I'm too busy. I got too much stuff going on. And um, my expenses are so low that I get to fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. So here I am. This this would be like on, on, on the weekend, this would be my regimen. There's also the LA Times that I would read in the first section I would read would be the sports section. Because I find that to be the most interesting and the least bothersome of all the other bullshit that's in the paper. Because
0: it's just straightforward. And then, an I, then I go,
1: because I care about sports, and you're supposed to look at me and go, you're not supposed to be that guy. You know, you're in a punk rock band, and it's all of the jocks wanted to kill you. And it's like, I know a lot of jocks. That's
0: just in your mind, though. Nobody, no, nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. He,
1: here's the thing. The punk rock to do. Yeah, I you guess know, so. The, they, the, I guess they do. The, <laughs> but, the, the, what, but who are the, they? Like, the, where? (laughs) (laughs)
0: we we, we hate the jocks because they hate
1: us you know and it's like i grew up in a scenario where i was surrounded by athletes Uh there's a big difference between an athlete who's riding a skateboard or skiing in the snow Uh or surfing or just jogging or Uh you know um skim boarding or body surfing those are the people that i grew up around my, my jock friends were actually all really decent, good guys. They, weren't a, they weren't a bunch of just like, I got to work out and I got to like weigh 100 pounds and I got to right. drink the, f- the special drink and, you know, I'm going to be playing in the NFL. We live where we're situated right here. Mm-hmm. This is Los Feliz. We, oh, are, is it? We, are, we are part of, well, they'll call it Los Angeles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We are part of Los Angeles. One of the world's largest prison camps is right down the street. It's called South Central Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. The, the kids that grow up there there are not a lot of opportunities for them to be able to get out of the prison camp called South Central Los Angeles. Right. So how do you elevate yourself? How do you jump over that wall? How do you leap over those hurdles? You could play sports. Yeah. You, you could be the running back for the uh, University of Southern California Trojans. Mm-hmm. You could earn yourself... A scholarship
2: mm-hmm. so
1: now you you have to go to school and with the scholarship you don't you don't get to just be a jerk off you got you got you got to maintain certain grades so now you're getting an education which you might not have been presented um, now you're being able to move away from uh, any kind of possible gang affiliation. Uh, or just getting shot on the street in a drive by or a, s- some shootout where you have the 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 uh, pyrus and the um the bloods or the crips um, you get to elevate yourself out of a situation where maybe the only answer for you to get out of there is doing drugs right you know um. That's the reason why I care about organized sports. Right. And organized sports, for the most part, suck.
0: That's yeah. yeah.
1: But you have, I, I, I firmly believe that we, we need, and it's another form of slavery. It's a bunch of white guys with a bunch of black guys playing for them, doing whatever they're told to do. But the fact of the matter is, is that they get to get out of the, the ghetto that they're in right so i firmly wholeheartedly believe in if they are going to be jocks they're certainly they're not worried about punk rocks they're not worried about people going around stapling flyers to telephone poles they're not worried about any of that they're not worried about showing up to the gig and beating up a bunch of uh, knuckleheads they're not worried about that because they're doing something else
0: right Don't you think the world has opened up to a point where like these kind of like structures of like punk rock like rules and regulations are kind of like dissipating into like nonsense though just because of how open everything is being and how all these different segments of society are bleeding into each other and everyone and it's okay to be both a jock and into punk rock at the same time.
1: Uh, more power to you if you can do that and you understand the situation i think the whole thing's pretty ridiculous
0: yeah i do too i think life is Uh, just ridiculous well uh, like i've become an athlete over the last three years and that's helped my art and my music and everything like 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 nothing else uh, has ever helped it i mean because when i go on a run that's when ideas for poetry comes into my mind and all that kind of stuff it's the oxygen i'm taking in that's inspiring me and it's like I see it as like this holistic approach rather than this idea of like, oh, I should just be like, you know, smoking a bunch of weed and hanging out and watching and waking up at 2 p.m. You know, I like I like getting up at the crack of dawn and going on a run and then playing music, you know, it's a different way of doing it. But Being
1: awake and aware and being fully into yeah. the
0: whole thing. Totally, man. Because m- being the, healthy the and the morning you know. time. It's just a great. It's genius hours.
1: Morning time when you're laying in bed and the windows open and weather like this. And all of a sudden there's a bunch of birds that are communicating yeah. amongst
0: each other. Yeah. And the work you do in the morning, it's like almost like you can achieve like three times as much. Like you can do one hour of work and get like three times as much done as if you would wait till like the afternoon, I find.
1: I'm uh, in a situation where um, I had to walk away from... Um, what could have turned into a relationship, but it was just a six-month... At the the end of the six months, it's... So where do I stand in your life? And the response was, you're my boss.
0: You're my boss? And you're my friend. I'm my friend. Why were
1: you the boss? Um, Because I had the the business that she wanted to work for. Oh. And um, ultimately, I would find out that... uh, her whole thing was just a facade. Yeah. I mean, I had friends that stepped up and said she's a cardboard cutout. Mm-hmm. We we tried to converse with her and it was just like talking to say you want to get you, so you want so you want to get your picture <laughs> taken with George W. Bush down on the Santa Monica Pier, right? <laughs> the, and the guy has the room full of all of these That's cardboard
0: a cardboard cutout of George W. And Bush, she was gorgeous. It was just a hot like version. fuck yeah yeah ain't that a bitch
1: it really is but it's like over what i'm what i'm finding is every morning as as i'm reading the newspaper yeah certain things are being said in the newspaper that just like fire off all of us all of the the neurons are starting to go off and it's like okay and i write on the front of the newspaper like a like uh, two sets of lyrics for a couple of songs. So
0: you get lyrics from the newspapers. And,
1: and and because I'm um, I'm I'm bummed over the Lock. situation. Heartbreak. Now I'm writing love songs, which I don't really normally so do. So you
0: fell in love,
1: <laughs> head over heels in love. Uh uh and, and and I I went to one. Hey of man, my, at least you can
0: at least you can still fall in love. Like that's an accomplishment in this world. Well.
1: Look, we, we live in, the. it's a horrible, horrible world. It's not getting better. The only way it gets better is if we make it better for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. It starts with like right here, like right now, yeah. being the best person, being a, having a, having a really great heart and spirit. Yeah. And the, your world is your world, and it starts and ends there. It doesn't matter, but all of this other crap that's going on, it's just that all of that stuff's getting worse. Our, yeah. All of our situations are not getting
0: better. Have you heard of Ho'oponopono?
1: Um, no, it's I a, heard it, of kalapono which was the two guys from Hawaii, the two acoustic guitar players. Well, that's funny, because <laughs> this is
0: a Hawaiian prayer. It's called Ho'oponopono, and it helps with things like heartbreak. Because you, you, what you basically do is like a mantra that you just say, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And, and now how many
1: times are you going to repeat that? Oh, dude, I repeat that <laughs> shit like
0: all day sometimes. And you apply it to like somebody breaks your heart or something. You apply it to them and it like, it, it like relieves you of a lot of the trauma of it and, it and it enables you to live out of inspiration rather than out of memory, that's the idea. And, it, and to take full responsibility. And like this Dr. Hugh Lin healed a whole mental asylum for the criminally insane just using Ho'oponopono by reviewing their files and, and taking on their disorder as his own because it entered his field of consciousness. And, w- and once that happened then he could help it help heal it which is pretty miraculous well, but
1: my thing is <clears throat> very early on at the beginning of the situation that I found myself in yeah i was talking with my mom uh-huh. and i would i would place her at the very top of she would be the head spiritual guidance counselor okay she said keith this is a situation where you follow your heart. You mm. do not let your head get in your way. Do not let your head get in the way because that's when it gets ugly. Mm-hmm. She said, you have, a, you have a really great spirit. Just go with it.
0: That's nice of your mom I, I to sa- say that. I
1: said, she told me she was 29 years old. Uh-huh. Uh huh. At the very end of the situation... I found out she was like 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So seven years, I'm 63 years old. Right. I'm not really supposed to be going to a place like this. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a rock star kind of move. Mm-hmm. And I, I refuse to be a rock star. Anyways,
0: um, throughout all of this. Well, how'd this, you meet her? Did she come to like? She um,
1: presented herself as a model. Uh-huh. for a photo shoot i i have a clothing company okay and one of the guys that i'm partners with decided uh, on a mor- moronic level to do a photo shoot and have some people show up and and wear our t-shirts
0: what's moronic about that don't you need to present the t-shirts with a oh, okay. it was too early okay and the way that writing. it went down there was the,
1: the photographer was uh somebody that was just learning how to use the camera that he was using so it was it was a it was a uh, a a wasted situation Mm -hmm. and um later on it was like keith you gotta you gotta come we're having a party all of the people are that are part of the photo shoot are going to be at this party and it's like i'm busy i'm writing lyrics or i'm trying to learn songs and he said no there's going to be somebody here that we need to introduce you to and that was her it was her and uh, i was just i was floored immediately
0: uh-huh. but
1: i was also questioning
0: by how beautiful she was yeah. or her personality or all of it
1: well she, she her personality was just she has a very sweet personality mm-hmm. a, a very um uh, it's the we in, in our animal kingdom there's a creature called the the black widow, uh-huh. and the female black widow <laughs> spins the web and and leaves all of her whatever aye, aye, her aye. juices and her flavors mm-hmm. and her smells, and it's like every boy black widow has a heart on and needs to get there immediately. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you when when all of these uh, poor pathetic black widow boys get onto the the web mm-hmm. thinking that maybe it turns into a trampoline and I'm going to be able to jump up and down and it's right. like I'm not moving I can't go anywhere and right. then the, the female black widow shows up and just sucks all of them fucking dry
0: mm-hmm. that, that goes back to brahmachari nofap <laughs> don't let it suck <laughs> don't let anything suck you dry <laughs> black I widow got lured boys. in I got lured in yeah well it happened. And that's life. You that know? is life.
1: Live and learn and, and move how long, on. how long did that relationship last? Six months. Okay. Luckily it was just six months. Right. You know, and there was all of this other stuff going on behind my back and it was just like, so I'm just supposed to be the free flowing guy that volunteers to be in a open relationship. That right. I've already been in like three different open relationships. Yeah. And open relationships always fail. You know, always 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 yeah you you bet on the failure
0: mm-hmm. is it because
3: of
1: jealousy
0: well dude like what are you gonna do what do you
1: what are you gonna do if you're like sixth in line exactly. what do you what do uh, you do yeah
0: i couldn't deal with that when i was younger that idea of, appealed to me because i didn't want to be in monogamous and, but now i actually just want to be in a monogamous legit relationship where people love and respect each other and we can make babies and something. you
1: pop <laughs> each other up and you're there exactly. for each other That's and you the, care. Ex- and it's like if yeah. you're in a situation trust where your world, your world's falling yeah. apart and she's going to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm here it, for you. It still. all gets better. Right. We're going to we, we're going to figure out a way to make yeah. this better. Yeah. You know, and it's like these open relationships.
0: It's not like that. No, it's not.
1: Nah. No, no, get in line,
0: nah, I'm, you know, yeah. and
1: ultimately somebody loses. Well,
0: also too, because our, your energy, like that's like the most, like that's the connection of your most vital energy your like most personal, intimate energy. You have to be very careful who you're sharing that with because you're taking on their energy. And And if you do energy work and you work on building your energy, that's like a heavy investment of time and energy of like it's getting your, your aura own, your aura getting all that stuff together when like, your chakras are all firing I worked, on the same I worked same... so hard at, at that like what am I going to do just like throw that away here I used to I mean I used to be I used yeah, to be like could, that It's
1: it's easy to you but know when you're younger when it's you're easy younger, to be free flowing and just go I, for I it. I
0: certainly was like that and but I have certainly not been like that uh, in in years and I don't intend to be like that anymore so well I've been in yeah. three
1: open relationships yeah and none of them were even remotely worth being in
0: yeah they seem you know, wasteful well, it seems wasteful in its nature to me because and it
1: also like, turns into a situation where you're being lied to well yeah you know when nobody in, in this world filled with all of the liars that are out there mm-hmm. why would you amongst all of your friends and who's got
0: time for that it's just it's like it's who's such got a time negative. for more than one person it's like i don't if you like really use your time wisely you barely have enough time just to have a real relationship with your fucking self let alone somebody else and then you want to talk about multiple somebody else's like it's just like come on man that means you're avoiding yourself I mean not to be Mr. Judgmental I'm sure somebody's watching this going I'm in an open relationship and motherfucker fuck you you know and fair enough like whatever to eat your own if you can make it if it's working for you this is just my go for it and god bless you know like no judgment in terms of moral is it moral or not that's not what this is about it's more just like I don't see it working for myself and that doesn't interest me at all and I could see how it like Okay, maybe there are occasions when it could work, but it's like, come on, that you, even somebody who's in one of those would have to know that's few and far between. Because you're dealing with people, and people are fucked up usually. Like, it's hard to find a sane one, let alone two sane ones, let alone three sane ones. Like, I mean, well, all right, yeah, I don't know. Like, well, there was a lot of people who well, would argue that.
1: In, <laughs> in, in in the situation that I was in, yeah, one of the... Last conversations we had when we were together in my car. Right. She went on to a, an astrological
0: site mm-hmm. on her cell phone. Well, I can, and she, I'm sometimes guilty of that. I,
1: I I'll read, my, I read <laughs> my fortune every morning, and uh,
0: Probably I take it with a grain of salt, but yeah. I don't.:
1: Yeah, I, 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 I wholeheartedly adhere to the majority of the stuff that I read. Yeah you know yeah. and and uh, maybe your sign doesn't allow you to do that my no, sign mine does. does
0: i i believe in synchronicity too and i believe the universe. i mean i believe in messages going by on a on the side of a bus speaking to me like i you know but anyway what this conversation was um you're a virgo uh-huh. that would be me i'm a libra
1: and i'm a scorpio my mom's a uh. libra see so there's we're we're, yeah. there's not a lot of separation
0: that the Scorpio woman is uh alluring and uh, uh, you know can be she can tells be dangerous me,
1: she tells me we're eighty two percent compatible mm-hmm. now it, it, if if you care for someone, you say something like that right if if you don't care for someone you don't make a comment like that right. you don't place them you know well, unless you're being it,
0: manipulative
1: okay 82 percent. that's that's like a b plus
0: that's really good
1: that's really really good in this day and age if you find somebody that you're that compatible yeah. with you better fucking jump on but and go for the there's ride there's something that
0: people do that are manipulators called future faking and it's like that sucks you in deeper to like pretend like they're more into something than they are to to make to manipulate you to like get you under their thumb or like what you were saying too about the black Dude, widow the black under, widow web you know like she, that's called future faking.
1: Let's 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 go to the Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger yeah. is pissed. under my thumb. Right. Well, uh, then we could also we could also go. <laughs> Look at that stupid girl. Look at that stupid. girl Girl. yeah (laughs) and 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 that's what it turned out to be right you know um how do you how would you go back to somebody that over over the course of six months Mm -hmm. um lied to you so many times yeah you
0: don't bro you don't go back you don't because if if somebody's lied to you it even even really hardcore the... even w- really hardcore once you gotta really but if it's been more than once forget it it's a wrap it is a wrap because you can never trust again and you know and it, that's a pattern of behavior and it's dangerous it's very dangerous and I feel really good yeah because I
1: think about her right. And then I think about the song by the beast of bourbons where it's like, I think about you all the time and I'm just going to rub your nose. I'm going to drag you through the shit and rub your nose in it. Yeah. Like a really hateful, spiteful, ugly. And I'm not going to be that person. Right. It's like, Hey, it is what it is. And it's out of my control. See, I also work a program. Yeah. And, and I was, uh, uh, told by one of my millennial buddies who got busted in me, too, like, seriously. Uh-huh. Keith, I'm sober now. I've been sober for over a year. Right. And I'm learning about the program, and I'm learning when I need to, like, work certain steps in my program. Uh-huh. And he said, you're in a situation, because I'm talking to him, I'm saying, I jumped down her throat, and I just, just fucking tore into her like a little ferocious back into the corner like little hairy animal bigger than a rodent of course um and he said well you need to go and you need to apologize to her you need to work one of your steps you need to make an amend Mm -hmm. and i did and it didn't matter Mm -hmm. because when i jumped down her throat Mm-hmm. that was when she realized that because I had been nothing but a gentleman all the way through mm-hmm. I had been nothing but kind and nice and you know I gotta make your world a mm-hmm. little bit better the
0: adult in the relationship and then you showed vulnerability at that moment
1: um, I showed some, some it was very ugly Yeah. and I apologized and I didn't really need to apologize because I was apologizing to somebody that just didn't
0: care or was, or sometimes, a lo, you know, if you're dealing with somebody who's, um, you know, got NPD, then not only do they not care, but they're actually going for a reaction like that. And that is their fuel source, is your energy. And uh, and also then blame shifting and going into victim mode and then, then where you do have to end up apologizing. And then it's like a, like you've been maybe uh, in a situation where you got abused, and then now you're having to apologize to someone who actually mistreated you, even though you reacted in an uh, in, in an over the top way, you know um, that could that could have been how it was designed to be played out. I'm not saying that it was. I don't know the situation well enough or her, but I'm saying that is that is something humans do engage in all the fucking time, and that is a very common mode of behavior.
1: That- the the tug of war back and forth yeah
0: yeah but anyway that's good that you apologized anyway just for your own self but that's where the ho'oponopono thing comes into play because it makes you instead of it, it what it does is it elevates you out of like even though you might have been victimized by a situation you you can take responsibility for the situation that on some level you created it And you even apologize, not to the person directly, but within your own mind to that energy force, that person, you depersonalize it on some level and say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. It just enables you to move on faster. It's basically like a cheat code in the matrix. That's the way I look at it for people that don't like woo woo spiritual stuff. Look at it like a cheat code in the matrix. It's just like you're playing a video game. And if you want to like you know, elevate yourself out of that situation. This is like the spiritually sound way of doing that. Power up. Power up. Yeah, yeah. A video game. Yeah, exactly, it's a power up. Exactly. The mushroom from Mario.
3: Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's the mushroom from Mario.
3: <laughs> so okay. now, now re- yeah. what are you doing now? Taking insulin?
1: I'm getting ready to shoot up some, um, this is the last batch of Humalog, my um, diabetologist, who I would, uh like to
0: thank shout out to
1: dr ann peters at keck which is usc saved my life because my early on it's i've had diabetes for 22 years Mm -hmm. and i'm just now starting to wrangle it into a place that's totally livable the last time i visited her having we, we talked about cutting out all of the carbs carbs she was floored she said this is genius yeah. your numbers your numbers in with for all of the people that I've worked with and I work with hundreds and hundreds of people yeah this this number that just came up yeah. is genius that's what that's how she described it she was just like this is this is out of out of all of the people I've worked with, this is the greatest thing that's happened.
0: But doctors don't usually tell people like cut out the carbs. Right? Doctors
1: doctors usually want to just keep you on the pharmaceutical. Right, exactly because it's a money making
0: scheme. If they tell you like cut out the carbs, do some intermittent fasting, you can become you can cure yourself of this kind of stuff. But then they don't keep getting the paycheck. They okay, actually...
1: but she's also the one that preaches. got she gotta, might be a good one. You, you got to go on the sat and. I said how do I what what do I need to do to not go there because that's Cut one of the the, 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 the most e- no it was not even that oh. she she said you have you have very high cholesterol which is
3: They they Mm -mm. preach that. (laughs) No,
1: I understand. No, 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 no. no. No, I'm in a band with a guitar player (laughs) who has high cholesterol. is not evil. He looks like he's ready to fuck the world.
0: Dude, I'm sure my cholesterol is probably over the top. But it's like I I run every day five miles and it's like it's no problem.
1: They want to put me on the satin. And it's like I know how evil (laughs) and nasty and like
0: it it works
1: in reverse. Yeah, I'm
0: going to send you some diet information from YouTube. Well, if you can figure out, I YouTube. said, I,
1: I asked her, I stood there and I looked at her as I was getting ready to leave. I said, so what do I need to do mm-hmm. to not have to go there? Yeah. I told her, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to be lining up at the Rite Aid, purchasing like $5,000 worth of pharmaceuticals every month. Yeah. Not, not going there. Right. Not, not going to, I'll do everything in my power to not go there. Mm-hmm. She said. You need to eliminate everything that comes from four legs, and I just started going. That, that means I don't get to eat a cheese enchilada, and I don't get to eat pizza. And I, I love a filet. Uh, I love like once or twice a month eating a petite filet mignon, a three or four ounce filet mignon, and it's like now I. Have I don't you
0: researched the carnivore diet at all? Like, have you researched any of that stuff? What people are doing with that, and what they're healing from? Well, what about
1: the omnivore? Diet.
0: I don't know. You should check out that though. Do some research on that.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm actually in a really great place. That's good. So it's like, uh, I have to learn lyrics to 25 songs, and I'm not gonna start researching the omnivore diet or the carnivore carnivore diet or. You know how many snow cones you're allowed to eat, and no
0: snow cones, bro. <laughs> zero is the. I could just tell you. I could skip the research on that. Zero snow cones. Okay,
1: getting getting back to zero the, is, get,
0: is the right answer on that okay, one. Okay,
1: getting getting back getting back to the uh, uh, an early part of this conversation yeah. when when I was when I was told in one of the last conversations that I had with this she looks like a woman she looks like she fucking just walked out of Vogue magazine mm-hmm. but she's a girl so anyways right. um, I, I'm with the uh, uh, Off Sound Man uh-huh. and he, he uh, just uh, had his, girlf- his new girlfriend move in with him but he went through the same thing that I went through I said you know what our last conversation she said you're my boss and you're my friend And he started laughing. He said, yeah, you know what that means? That means that you can invite her to eat ice cream cones up in Griffith Park. Right. And
0: that's all that amounts to. Yeah. That's weird. That's a weird statement to make to somebody you've been in a relationship with for six months. You're my boss and you're my friend. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like well, a weird, no. I don't get that. <laughs> like... No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it, it's when the end of the relationship comes up and she comes to you and she says, can we be friends? Can mm-hmm. we still be friends? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm going to just, I, 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 I'm I going to drop everything else in my life so we can be friends because mm-hmm. it's so special. It's so nice and so special. Yeah. Okay. Let's hold hands and uh, look at the squirrels in the park while we're eating ice cream cones. You're not holding
0: hands of your friends, but you can look at the squirrels in the park while you're eating <laughs> <laughs> ice cream cones. No hand-holding, though, bro. <laughs> Man. But what's your script about? Like you got twenty five scripts, you were saying. Like got, like what's the main one I've, though? Like what's the, like the, the what? What's the, the, w-
1: the very last one that I have is in my head uh-huh. about a girl who's
0: um, wants to be friends.
1: Um, no, it's like she's being pressured by her friends. In in um, uh, she's going through puberty. She's starting to get some hair down there, mm-hmm. and in in that um, she's also. Um, with the girls in the school who are like, well, you have to dress like us. You have to be like us. We're all wearing makeup now, um, even though we're not old enough to wear makeup or we're just barely old enough to wear makeup. So she's wearing makeup, and um, she discovers that some of somebody has swiped some of her makeup. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in doing so, she loses part of, there's a chemical thing going on when you're, putting on all of this makeup you're putting on all of this extra stuff and mm-hmm. she's going through the puberty and um there's some kind of reaction that happens yeah and she ends up saving the world huh. from two warring foreign faraway armies uh-huh. who are th- through the movie they're they're building up their weaponry and they're building up where we're going to kill you and you're going to kill us. And there's going to be this giant battle in our universe. Uh And I I can't get into any of the details. That sounds pretty interesting. It's a Walt Disney movie. What's it called? (laughs) I have no, I have no name for it yet. Right. Um, But, um, the 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 first movie that comes up is Watermelon. Uh-huh. That's the next one that comes up, and that I I'm in I'm I'm so that's am, the
0: ba- that's the album and a movie right. called Watermelon. And
1: I'm I'm in 39 scenes out of 45 scenes in the movie. So uh-huh. it's basically about me, and it's like. I don't want to go there. We're a band. Why can't we just, like, like, everybody be in this and have, if there's 45 scenes, why can't each guy have 10 scenes of his own? Uh-huh. And
0: that's not the way that it works. Where'd you get the name Watermelon?
1: Um, we have a scene where I'm, um, I'm, uh, I go to the penis doctor because I'm a diabetic
0: and I'm suffering... Um, erectile dysfunction? Erectile dysfunction. Let me do a side note real quick. Do you know erectile dysfunction was made up by an ad agency? Once they had Viagra, which was a blood pressure medicine, and they realized that it was uh, good for doing what it okay, does. Okay, well then,
1: Mr. Joseph Arthur, I can't, <laughs> I can't get an erection.
0: I can't achieve an erection. But do you watch porn? Um, occasionally, because that's you what to it's stop, for. You've got to stop watching porn full on and no fap, and uh, I bet you the erections will come back after about a month of that. If I, like, I don't
1: suffer that. I only <laughs> suffered that at the <laughs> in the very beginning of my diabetes. Yeah. Until I wrangled in and started doing using insulin and uh, correcting my diet,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it came back. Right. I can I can rage.
0: Yeah, exactly. Can,
1: dude, <laughs> <laughs>
0: totally. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean, dude. And if you knock out porn and don't fap, you that stuff. Like I'm like, l- listen, I'm 47, and I, since I do no fap and don't ever watch porn. I still have morning wood. It's crazy. I might as well, you know. It's like nuts. What are you
1: trying to avoid
0: it? No, no. But I'm just saying, like Jesus Christ, man. I, but 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 before I stopped watching porn and all that stuff, all that stuff. Let's go, stand that's, at attention, man. That stuff goes away. It stuff goes away. Like you get older and you think, oh, I'm just older. But it's not like that. You know. You, you anyway.
1: There's so many things you can do if you yeah. if you don't have an erection. There are just so many pleasantries Other and niceties and yeah well, so
0: where so the watermelon title come from so you're going to i go to the i go doctor, to the i go
1: to the i go to the brain clinic mm-hmm. and um <laughs> we have david Yao from
0: the jesus lizard oh, man i and love I, I love them yeah. he
1: plays the penis doctor oh that's great yeah and he actually is a great great great
0: He's cool. After, yeah, he's a cool dude. Have you... you I've you, never met him, but... You,
1: you need to watch his reel. His yeah. reel is fucking unbelievable. Fucking love the Jesus lizard. And uh, And he and I, we're... You know, it's like we're brothers. We're yeah. on the same
0: wavelength. Yeah, I can so see So he that. plays
1: the penis doctor. He's got about 10 scenes in the movie. He's mm-hmm. got more scenes. He's second in line in scenes in the movie. And it couldn't... It, it couldn't be a better character That's for him. That's great. Yeah. So I'm sitting... Across the desk from him, uh-huh. explaining what my situation is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've fallen in love with this beautiful girl that I met up in Portland or San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And she came down here to visit me. And we're, we're trying to have sex. And I can't get an erection. And I'm, like, feeling really bummed and low and depressed. She says. We'll, we'll we'll do this again. You'll get it together. It's right. no big deal. You know, we yeah. still like each other and love each other, whatever it is. And I'm sitting across from him, and, and I'm like, I need a cure. I, I need a cure immediately. Right. I, I need to get with her.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, I can't let her go. She's really She's special. The one, yeah. yeah. And he said, well, here, try this. And he places a glass of watermelon juice in front of me. Uh-huh. It just comes out of nowhere there's a glass of watermelon juice sitting in front of me on the desk mm-hmm. and i don't know if you've ever drank watermelon oh, fuck juice yeah I have. it's back fucking the one of the greatest delicious. things anybody's ever it's delicious yeah yeah
0: that was back uh, before ketosis but yeah i, so re- I, I remember I, it well i
1: um, <laughs> i drink the watermelon juice mm-hmm. and he kind of says stand back because some shit's gonna happen uh-oh he of course he says it in more of a clinical way but um I am able to travel through dimensions. Wow. I'm able to levitate. Uh-huh. I'm able to just like fly through the sky. Mm-hmm. They're like just I'm a bird. I'm going to where I need to go. What
0: was it about the watermelon juice? The
1: watermelon juice is uh it in it will it will be revealed oh, later okay. in the movie uh, why this watermelon juice th- is so no special. So it
0: wasn't your No spoilers. No spoilers. Spoiler alert. It's not your typical watermelon juice.
1: Um, The people who raised and grew the watermelons are a special group of people.
0: I see. They put spiritual energy into it. Yes,
1: very, very much so because now all of a sudden this band that's broken up, Uh we've been broken up for about a year. It's like, I got to get the band back together. I miss playing with those guys because we're such a great band. We know that we're really good. I got to get the band back together, yeah. so I call a band meeting, and it's like, <laughs> guys, guys, look, look. You know, we can argue and we can fight and we can just be hating each other. But here, sip this. Uh huh. And one of the guys in the band is, I'll try anything, sure, and he drinks it and he goes off, and it turns into it's like, almost a, like
0: psychedelic drugs almost. Too. Yes, yes. But it, it
1: gives each one of us the power to, like, we, we have telepathy. Uh-huh. We, we we're all on the same length. And now we're like the I'm good guys in the universe, and we got to go fight evil characters. Yeah. And the guy that um, I, I'm going to fight with is Gibby from the Butthole Surfers.
0: That's cool. He used to, uh he lived in Red Hook when I lived in Red Hook, Brooklyn. It, is he so he's in the movie.
1: And you know what? He might still live
0: there. I think he still does. Yeah. I don't you know. know. He, I don't know him, he, but I see him in the neighborhood. He married a
1: woman that became a circuit judge.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: So anyways, each one of us has our own power. And one of the scenes the, I I think the the most genius scene in the movie involves it our sounds drummer. Genius. Yeah, our drummer who skated for Tony Alva has a scene where he's at the skate park, uh-huh. and I'm not going to go into any of the details. But it's f- the what the end result is fucking like something out of a trauma movie. Yeah. Uh, or um, um, the the lyric that I comes to mind is um, "yellow mellow custard," yeah, dripping from a dead dog's eye. Wow. It's like, because there's going to be special effects.
0: Interesting. Yeah. What's your superpower?
1: My superpower, um, I end up fighting Gibby. Uh-huh. And uh, he's, he's uh, what would be called an evildoer. Mm-hmm. All of these people that we fight with, they're all evildoers. Right. You know, we talked about chemtrails. Yeah. My scene in the movie, when I fight with Gibby, has to do with chemtrails. Wow. Each, each thing that we're dealing with cuz the soundtrack is based on all of these conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. We went in deep. It was just like what I the love fuck? that. It's like I c- I can't watch any more of this. I cannot I can't delve into this any further. It's just so ugly. It's so negative. It's like yeah. we're never climbing out of this. Right. So each guy has his own superpower.
0: But what's your superpower?
1: My superpower is I think Gibby tries to kill me with uh, um laser beams that shoot out of his eyes mm-hmm. and my superpower basically is that i've i've been able to um, levitate mm-hmm. and end up in the cockpit in in the the, the main area of the jet mm. and in the jet if if you if you do google or go to any of these research sites you will see actual photos yeah. of how they've removed how the the these people that are doing all of the spring have removed all of the seats out of the sitting area uh-huh. and replaced them with these giant tubs mm-hmm. of all of the stuff that they're dumping on us from up there. So I get in a fight with Gibby and um it's all good.
0: It sounds good. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a um, in one of the scenes th- there will be a golden bass uh-huh. sitting in the bottom of a swimming pool, and our bass player is somehow gonna make the the bass uh, rise up out of the pool, mm-hmm. and he's gonna start playing it. And um, we wanted to get flea for this scene.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, you, you have such a visual imagination, man. Hearing, hearing you talk about these ideas is like. Or any of the ideas you've talked about in this whole podcast. It's like the visuals that you produce is really astounding.
1: Well, um, visually... So I
0: appreciate it.
1: Visually speaking, the movie that I'm I'm doing a rewrite right now. I uh-huh. told you that my friend Sean, the waiter here, <laughs> yeah. has written a script. He's written it twice. The first time he wrote it about Off, I said, no, no, uh-huh. no, 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 no. Not about Off. Mm-hmm. Off is never... Uh, the only bummer that off has ever presented to me is just the guys in the band are such great players. When you're playing with people of this stature, they're go- they're all going to be playing in six or 10 other bands
2: mm-hmm. and there's
1: no way of getting around that. So that creates scheduling problems and that's kind of depressing and it's kind of a bummer, but it's just like pull the rug out from me. I'm going to fall on my face. I'm going to see the stars. I'm going to hear this little chirping birds and mm-hmm. I'm going to hear all of the bells, yeah. And the helicopter, the emergency flight path helicopter to the children's hospital is going to fly over and bring me out of all of this. And I will know that when it's my turn, when it's my time, when it's our turn, when it's yeah. our time, we are going to kick some serious fucking ass. Yeah. It's, this isn't. This isn't about just showing up and goofing off.
0: No, you keep kicking ass. That's one thing I like about you.
1: The, um, the the movie. <laughs> That, that I've had in my head since um, t- 2003 uh-huh. has just recently found a script. Now, it's my job to go to the script because Sean wrote in off mm-hmm. as the band in the movie, and it's not. It's the circle jerks. Yeah. And it's my opportunity to, like, people are going to go, he's fucking mean. Wh- wh- why would... Why would Keith want to use John Herder, who is um, Napoleon Dynamite, right. as Xander Schloss, who was yeah. the bass player? It's so fucking funny. Yeah.
0: Lanigan was telling us exactly this about the guy. Because what was that movie that you guys were both in? Repo Man. Repo Man. And that's what they based Napoleon Dynamite off of his character in Repo Man, right? <laughs>
1: Pretty much so. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm feeling seven up. (laughs) And then Otto just hauls off and fucking doesn't slap him or punch him. He just pushes them them into this giant display of, I guess it's seven up cans or whatever. So anyways, (laughs) in in my movie, my movie is based on like the guy that I I explained to you just Mm -hmm. now about being in a relationship of like a nowhere relationship for yeah. six months, you fucking loser. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Right. <laughs> you know, you're smarter than that. You idiot.
0: Yeah. But if you want something, you want it. The heart wants what the heart wants. That's true. You know, and you fo- and you have to follow the dream. What What happens
1: with me and, and we talked about me working at V2 records, uh-huh. being the A&R boy, right. just being the lowest man on the totem pole. Uh huh. Um, I, this this happens when I start working at V2, mm-hmm. where I'm working. What basically is just it's just a job. It's just something for me to do. It's just the the benefits. The the fifteen hundred dollar a month insurance policy mm-hmm. with the company right. made it all worthwhile. Right. Um. What happens is. Kind of the same thing that happens in Watermelon, and and that is I'm dealing with guys who are just too busy and too important and just too cool to get in a room to rehearse. Mm -hmm. You know, when I I go to a rehearsal and it's like everybody's standing around on their cell phones. Right. Too too involved in what's in the palm of their hand rather than like-
0: Being present.
1: Yes, like let's play some music. We're here, let's crank, you know, I need to, Put in the earplugs and yeah. let's fucking blow this place up. It's like, well, I got to go because my dog developed hemorrhoids or mm-hmm. um, uh, my dog needs to Damn. see this dog psychologist. It's always he's, a dog.
0: But he's, 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 <laughs> he's making progress. Ehud almost didn't come on this trip because of a dog. That's true.
3: How, how's your hearing after 40 some years? Oh, my. The I'm
1: way? ringing right now. I've got two wasps, just two Non-stop. giant. If they're not, if they're not wasps, they're
0: bees. Tinnitus. And, and you take
1: you take the bees, which I don't think are as loud as wasps, and you you turn the volume up on them like a couple more notches.
0: That's what you got. Yeah. Is it buggy you, or do you meditate um, out does, of it? it or?
1: No, I don't meditate, but it's like um, sometimes it's unavoidable, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just like well i ordered it yeah you know i went to all of these concerts you know i saw black sabbath at the whiskey at go-go and on the master of reality tour and it was so loud when i left i didn't know uh, my my head was just buzzing so Mm. hard it was like i didn't even know where i was at you know you you do that you play loud amplified music the trick is and you can never bust this trick out on any of the guys because the guitar player has to be louder than the bass player and the drums or the 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 drummer has to hit that snare so hard and it's so the loud that it it's like cuts through sh- you know and you have, you have the ring the constant ringing of the cymbals. Mm. so you have this competition it's never we're, we're never going to get in a room where it's like you you could speak like this over the music guy that that bass line you might want to like Try reversing one of the notes, or uh, stop, count a couple of times in your head, and start back up. Mm-hmm. It's never anything like that. It's always this competition. So yes, my ears are ringing like motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm, so I've, I've been in the war with zone.
0: A white noise machine on, and in your bedroom or anything um, like that. No, because we, when
1: I conk out. You're I conk out? out for two hours straight. Yeah, I'm out. It doesn't matter what's going on around me.
0: Do you dream vividly or remember I your dreams? I, I
1: don't. I I can't even remember the last time I dream had any kind of a dream.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah.
3: You mentioned flea before. Is it true? I read somewhere that you once filled in for Anthony Kiedis.
1: Um, not only did I fill in for Anthony, he had got busted jaywalking. That that's the story that we tell everybody but Anthony would eventually step up and say, no, I was fucking in a knot on my drug dealer's couch. Mm. This, is, this, is, this is like three hours before the biggest show they're ever going to play. The, the, this was at the Olympic Auditorium. There were going to be like 4,000 people at this show. It was Suicidal Tendencies and the Minutemen and um, SSD Control from Boston. There were going to be like 4,000 people there. Uh, Depending upon Suicidal Tendencies um, popularity, there could have been 5,000 people there. This is the biggest show that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are are going to play up to that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, now that 5,000 people to them is like, you know, they'll sell that many tickets even before the tickets go on sale. Right. It's an amazing uh, place. It's the Olympic Auditorium. And... I happened to uh, run into a friend in the parking lot. I'm just hanging out in the parking lot earlier in the evening. And she said, Keith, you want a bump? Oh, hell yeah, I'll take a bump. Right. Oh, hell fucking yeah. Here. I get going, and I'm going. What's the most
0: days you stayed up? In a row,
1: I did about seven in a row.
0: Uh huh. I think I've done and about that and many. And that
1: was that was that was that <laughs> definitely was, five. That was when I hit the wall. Yeah. That was when I hit the wall and I got in a fight with a girlfriend uh-huh. up in Beverly in a party in Beverly Hills. Yeah. In the morning, I, I'm in my underwear. I'd been floating in the swimming pool mm-hmm. on some kind of flotation device, totally nude and when i woke up i was like sunburned mhm wow and i'm like where are my clothes how did i get like this right and it got ugly and yeah. and, and that was that was my bottom. Mm-hmm. I, I hit a bottom because I did something that I don't normally do. I'm not a big guy. I weigh 135 pounds. Right. I don't I'm I don't get to be the bully guy or the guy that lifts weights that goes around pushing people around or being Mr. Tough Guy. Right. I don't get to be the guy that's got sixty tattoos showing them off like don't fuck with me. Mm. I'm you know, this is where I'm from, this is what I do. I'm not that guy. Right. I'm a pacifist. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you don't piss off a pacifist. Because when you do piss off a pacifist, they go, they go nuclear. It, it gets yeah, ugly. <laughs> Never things, trust a hippie. Things get broken. Um, well, um, I don't consider myself to be a hippie, I just know. like I don't consider myself to be a punk rock because yeah. all of these labels, I know, they're all joker. swell and wonderful yeah. and they're beautiful and they have their time and place. Yeah. But ultimately, we're just. Members of the human human race. race, We're we're one. We're We're all one. We're not Republicans. We're not Democrats. We're not voting for Jill Stein. We're not looking for jewels and... the, me- the media is
0: trying to create divides and keep people all like, you know, outraged all the time. But so, so you got a bump and then you're about to go sing. With, uh, well, that
1: bump turned into about six hundred dollars worth of bumps.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: And when when uh, 15 and then the next 15, day happened, 15 minutes before they were supposed to play. Uh-huh. All of the all of the people in in their little tribe are just pacing back and forth. Where's where's Anthony? Where's Anthony? You know, it's like, well, if you if you say Anthony Kiedis like three, 30, you repeat times, it 30 times, he appears he's just there's going to be a big puff of smoke. And there he is. And he's ready to fucking go out there and kill the world. He's not showing up. They don't know that. He never bothered to call anybody and said, know, oh, maybe you need to cancel. Mm-hmm. So Flea comes to me and says, Keith can can you get up there and jump around and scream and yell some of the lyrics
0: uh-huh that's crazy and, and Did I you know, know the
1: lyrics i know i knew absolutely not one word out of any of their lyrics i'm
0: a fan of them i don't i know a lot of people don't think they're cool or whatever but i actually fucking love the red hot chili peppers they Poppers. earned everything personally speaking they, i fucking love them and i love his voice too people sometimes diss that but i think he's got a great voice
1: they earned everything they've got because they agree and, they and they're did original
0: the and they're original nobody sounds like them so
3: what did you tell
1: flea well i did it and how could i not i was fucking i was jamming on 600 dollars worth of coke dude that like yeah. how did the gig and, and he <laughs> said did a full gig and he, full gig and he said look there's two cases of budweiser right you know, it's like, that's my reward. I'm fucking, I'm
0: getting up there and just doing whatever I can do. And, with, and you're on that much GAC that Budweiser's not going to do anything except for, like, keep your whistle wet. That it's, and... Um, it's not going to do shit. Make <laughs> you want to go to the bathroom exactly. every 15 minutes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not going to even touch you. So
1: how long did you sing for? The, their entire set. And I, I think my rap was, what you see is what you get. Really? And that was it. And you just,
0: just kept doing that over and over well, again? What, what happened was... <laughs> what you see is what you get. <laughs> There's another good song. Well,
1: here's the thing. <laughs> because Flea knew that he was going to need to step up uh-huh. and... and Cover lyrics, right? And I think Jack Shermdog, who was the guitar player at the time, he actually had a mic in front of him. Fair play to
0: them for going on with the gig. That's crazy, and fair play to you for doing it. But then again, you had that cocaine confidence. Oh,
1: jeez. Yeah, I I could
0: have,
1: I could have remained in the parking lot and parked everybody's cars for them.
2: Yeah. I gotta ask a follow
3: up: How do four thousand fans take that? Like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, dude, when you're on $600
1: (laughs) worth of cocaine, you don't even, you're not, that's not even a consideration.
0: (laughs) I bet you they liked it anyway. I mean.
1: It was fun.
0: I'm sure it was fun. And
1: I was just higher than a kite. Mm -hmm. And there was no way they were going to, they were going to grab that little tiny little rope or whatever, the string that's going to bring me back down.
0: Right. Right. And now you've been sober for, like, what, 25 years I've or something I've been sober like that? since 1988. That's wild. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Congratulations.
1: And I and I, I don't look back. I mean, I look at some of the situations. Yeah. And go, how did I get there? And mm-hmm. why did I go there? But I don't dwell upon it.
0: No, why would you?
1: No, because it's like one, once you... That was a long tur- time ago You turn anyway. that corner. I mean, I've done a few things. Like, you did the... You smoked with joe strummer oh yeah well i've relapsed
0: um, i'm only three years sober now like a little bit over three my i relapsed a bunch
1: my mushroom experience Mm -hmm. was amazing yeah and after a couple of days on mushrooms that was enough i Mm -hmm. don't need to go back there right it was pleasant and it was wonderful and all of it was good. I don't need to go back. Yeah. There. I
0: mean psychedelics are more medicinal than those the destructive cocaineish d- drugs. The hashish. I mean, right.
1: And um that certainly cuz one of my favorite things out of all of it right was hashish. We would get yeah. this we would get this opiated like this white we would get these slabs of they look like tiles
2: mm-hmm.
1: of black. We called it garma. Black
0: tar. We called that.
1: it, no, not black tar. Black no. tar is a whole different thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't mean that, uh, but, like, but, but it looks we, like black. We
1: would get this this uh, dark, dark, dark brown, these these tiles that had these little streaks of opium in them. Oh. And it was the, it was the greatest high that I've ever had. Right. But you know i smoked a ton of pot and it was just like hey you know it's all good i don't need to go back there mm-hmm. i'm 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 in a different place yeah. and i don't need to be bothered with it
0: how do you maintain it do you go to meetings or anything like that i don't go to meetings i don't really go that much either i uh, i will occasionally yeah. you know We're every, not mad at it, every
1: 6 years i'll go to a meeting to present a friend with a cake or whatever
0: right and why don't you go? You think it's destructive on some level? Or no,
1: I I just I d I I don't need don't to hear the stories. I don't yeah. need it. I, yeah. I know where I'm at and I know right. where I'm going. Yeah. And I know that I'm not going to get never Never, ever get bogged down in any of that stuff. Right,
0: me neither, man. It's so much of a waste of my time. My
1: life is so much... I mean, I, w- I was doing all of that stuff when I was younger, and it was all fun, and it yeah. was all great, and it all worked out however it worked out. Right. I wrecked cars. It, as you notice, you can see that I'm missing a front tooth uh-huh. that I lost because my friends at the time didn't have the wherewithal to... Grab me out of the back of the car and take me up the stairs and just put me on the floor. Just here. Here's a pillow. Sleep on the floor. Sleep this off. What they did was they took me out of the back of the car mm-hmm. and put me behind the wheel of the car. Like, what the fuck are you guys thinking? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was I was barely, I, I couldn't even talk. I was like gurgling and burbling. and. People like are a, wild. Well, it wasn't even wild. It was just the, the whole situation was just beyond stupid. Like, yeah. you guys are my best friends, and this is what you did to me? Right. I drove off in the opposite direction. Yeah. I ended up on Manhattan Beach Boulevard in Manhattan Beach hitting a parked car in a, gr- in a, in a driveway that's, like, with, with the emergency brake on. Mm-hmm. I hit that car so hard and so fast that I drove it through the driveway, through the garage, mm-hmm. and into the guy's living room. And I That's rolled crazy. I rolled back out onto the street thinking, you know what, I'm gonna drive away and, and nobody will know that this happened. <laughs> and- Nobody got hurt though? Nobody got, I got hurt. You got hurt. I got hurt. My old man, like, disliked me so much. At that time, he was going to punch me in the face. He Mm -hmm. said, I'm going to end your life. I'm going to just punch you right now. Mm -hmm. Because my dad was a badass. Of course he didn't. I mean, he hovered over me and he was breathing down my neck. He was breathing fire. Like how fucking dare you? That was a brand new car, mm-hmm. you know, and you just wrecked it. You, d- you <laughs> when I rolled back out onto Manhattan Beach Boulevard and I tried to drive away, it was not going anywhere. Mm. It wasn't even, it just barely rolled in reverse out of the driveway. And
0: the cops came, or the what? cops came, the, the, they take you uh, in? the
1: engine, whatever was left of the engine was like sitting next to me in the front seat seat
0: yeah that's crazy what the guy say that the house got blown out
1: i mean i never talked to him because right. i was um I, I was at an age where um i, I w- the the only thing that i was charged Jimmy. with was um reckless driving wow and the insurance company had to, to do, the, the insurance company had to pay up a big chunk yeah you know to <laughs> re- replace the garage door and the 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 back wall in the garage and the front wall of the living room and whatever debris was spewed about in the living room. You know, if I b- broke the sofa or the, <laughs> the TV or what have you, I don't know, I never, I never went back.
0: Right. <clears throat> And you grew up in this neighborhood, huh? Like you. I was
1: born two blocks from here.
0: And you've lived here all your life? Or? No, I've
1: lived out in the desert.
0: Oh, right. I lived Joshua in, Tree? I,
1: I lived in uh, Palm Desert, uh-huh. which is right next to Joshua Tree. That's where we're,
0: ha- that's where we're about to go.
1: Yeah, you're going to have a great time. It's beautiful out yeah. there. Um, I, I lived in Las Vegas, another desert, just yeah. another t- trash heap piled on a desert somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived in um, Mount Hawley, North Carolina, which is twenty miles west of Charlotte mm-hmm. I lived in Richmond, Virginia, another like really beautiful beautiful, beautiful cities. Mm -hmm. What brought you to
0: those cities? Um, Well, I went to
1: North Carolina because my sister lived in North Carolina. And um, I would found myself in a situation where I was going to move to Edmonton, Canada. Uh, One mm. of the the flattest places in the world. And coldest. Because I was in love with a a Ukrainian Canadian, another Black
0: Widow type
3: of
1: situation. Uh, no, not so far from it. No, oh, really? No, just a really beautiful
0: human being. Nice person.
1: Yes, very, very, very nice. That's um, cool. Um, so I was going to move there. I I got there in the airport. The um, Canadian TSA said, "Well, where are you going? We we need to talk to you." And they put me in a room for about three hours, mm-hmm. and they were grilling me. And it was one of the one of the questions that came up was how much money do you have in your bank account? Mm -hmm. And at that time I had about $7,000, which would have probably held me over if I was living with somebody and the, the rent was For thirty-two years,
0: no, <laughs> in Canadian years, in yes. Canadian um, <laughs> years, <laughs> thirty-two Canadian years, <laughs> you'd have been fine, bro. <laughs>
1: well, one of the other questions was, "And what do you plan? Wh- why are you here?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, I'm, 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 I'm moving here because I want to live with them, w- live with my current girlfriend." Mm-hmm. And then it got to. Well, what are you going to do for work? What are your plans for
0: work? Mm-hmm.
1: And um,
0: I'm going to make jams.
1: All of these, um, I wasn't going there to play music. Right. I mean, if it happened, it happened. You know, just let it roll out however it rolls out and let let the world flow the way it's supposed to flow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I told them, I, I, I have no idea. I'm just going to have to look for work. That was and the you, wrong answer. You don't. All of these answers were uh, next or wrong or right. like a true and false, and yeah. false. Yeah. And they said, "Well, um, here's what the situation is. Mm-hmm. We're going to let you leave the airport, but you're going to be back here for the first flight that goes back to Los Angeles." Hmm. we're putting you on the first flight back to los angeles Damn. which was at uh i want to say it was eight o'clock in the morning that sucks you, yeah. they wouldn't
0: even give you a visitor pass or anything um
1: i got to go with her to where she was living and we got to hang out for about three hours That's and crazy. then it was back in the van and back to the airport uh and it was beautiful it was a wonderful experience i, I will say that that was probably the most expensive lay that i've ever had right um but it, it, w- it was totally worth it. I mean, it was just, you know, one of those things. And it actually, there's certain things that happen to you in your world that w- there's a detour or you make a right turn instead of a left turn.
2: Mm-hmm. And you
1: make that turn and all of a sudden you're finding out you you did the right thing. You made the right move. You didn't even have to look on the map. It just got explained to you. Mm-hmm. It was like I was not supposed to be there. Right. And I'm. I was glad because Edmonton is. The Wayne Gretzky played for the Oilers, yeah. and now it's the biggest thing that they have there.
0: That's so funny. With that concept of things getting explained to you, I like that. I like the way you phrased that. That's like that would be another good idea for a song of like things getting explained to you by the universe, like that just happened to me last night
1: is this part of my <laughs> spirituality
0: i don't know because
1: it's i want to I, w- I would love to brag about my spirituality see i get questions like you you ask me about the going to the meetings uh-huh and i never ever never ever bought into the god is looking down on you or god is smiling you on you you don't pray or anything like none that none of that hell no none of no. that none you of that you shit you don't believe in works. any kind of creator i don't think so um,
0: you think something comes from nothing? I think
1: I think my parents created me, and I think what, my who grandparents created, who created, created them. them. Well, they got to you got to go back to the guy and the gal at the tree with the snake and the apple. I, I guess that's who, where you who, go back to. I who mean, that's what that? that's what they, that's what they say. Um, well, anyways, I I'm not. going You're more of a big bang kind of guy. Not, my thing is. Um, I really dislike all of these people that say, well, you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. Well, that's
0: not, but that's, bull- whatever that is, that's like some other the, concept. This like, is don't, what it is. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater on that. No, like I'm, it, I'm not throwing, you know what I mean? I, I'm
1: not throwing <laughs> no baby out. I'm just going to explain
0: it. While <laughs> that's the bathwater.
1: While we, while we are living. Yeah walking and breathing and doing what we're doing right. we have really horrible experiences and we have really great experiences mm-hmm. i believe i firmly believe that while we're on earth yeah. we experience heaven and hell
0: oh for sure absolutely i believe that too but i like I, I do pray because i feel like i need prayer you know to help me just get through the days you know, I, I also like that's how I sort of frame up my life that I'm. Isn't on that a,
1: part of your meditation? Isn't I that? I guess part of it?
0: I don't know, but I'm not dogmatic about anything or religious or anything like that. But I just I've always prayed since I was a kid and believe in something. is believe it, I do believe something is kind of like paying attention, like a benevolent spirit is paying attention to things. But the, the first. But time it could be wrong, you know. I'm not like.
1: The first time I ever <laughs> experienced the word nigger. Uh huh was from my southern Mm -hmm. baptist relatives right you know i'm a hillbilly jew Mm -hmm. and i i know where my people come from and i know what they did once they got here Mm -hmm. some of my people sadly are responsible for nascar Mm -hmm. which is one of the worst things ever created why is that you can just sit sit around and watch cars go around on a track like who's faster than who and oh we've got this new superpower ethanol what have you fuel for you know it makes our rocket isn't it just
0: another sport though like
1: yeah but you look at it it's like golf Mm -hmm. it's white is it it? it, it, it's golf is an elitist sport you got to be You got to be a member of the country club and you got to hang out with a bunch of fucking boring, boring ass fucking one percenters. Yeah, but Tiger
0: Woods is like a really good golfer and he's black.
1: No, he's not.
0: Well, he sorta is, right? No, he's- (laughs) (laughs) At least halfway. No, he's not even halfway. (laughs) You know, he just didn't,
1: he's he's going to build a golf course with Donald Trump. Uh It does not get any more white than that.
0: Right. Well, what about boxing? You like boxing? Uh, I do. Yeah, me too.
1: I, I like the uh, ultra mega. Let it go. Do whatever you can do to defeat your uh, opponent in yeah. the in the closed off cage.
0: Oh, you like that MMA?
1: Uh, I, I I do every on on occasion. I, I
0: do too here and there, but I prefer boxing.
1: I prefer. Um, living here in Los Angeles, we some of us bleed blue because we're Dodgers.
0: The blue bloods? And
1: we've watched the Dodgers ha- have some really pathetic, mediocre years. Uh-huh. And now they're tearing it up. And they got all of these young guys. They're studs. They're like, fuck you, get out of our way.
0: Do you go to Dodgers I, games? I
1: don't because it's so expensive.
0: My friend Greg Dooley goes.
1: I Greg has a bar that... Some of the Dodgers hang out in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the 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 thing the thing with the game at Dodger Stadium is that I've been to enough games I don't need to spend thirty dollars yeah. to park in the parking lot. Right. I don't need to spend another forty five fifty dollars on a couple of Dodger dogs and a couple of orders of garlic fries and a couple of extra tall. Um, iced teas or two or three bottles of water and then a bag of peanuts and Mm -hmm. then some um some some ice cream or what have you it's just it's too expensive
0: yeah don't eat ice cream we've already gone over that (laughs) i love ice cream and you know what i'll do with the ice cream
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'll give myself an extra couple of bumps (laughs) and and it's a rarity yeah you know, you got to treat yourself every now and then, and you can't get all guilty and worked up over. You know, it's one of the first things they told me in, in my diabetes training. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 nurse steps up and she said, "Okay, so I'm going to ask you all a question. What is the main cause of diabetes?" Yeah. And me being the fucking brilliant rocket scientist genius that I am, yeah, said sugar. Right. And she said oh, that's so far from the truth. The number one answer that we're looking for is stress.
0: Uh-huh, And but sugar causes stress because it causes inflammation. And so it's like circular. And sugar is addictive. You could also say like, oh yeah, you gotta be treat yourself every once in a while, but somebody could say that too about drugs and alcohol. And with drugs and alcohol, you have to be like, nah, fuck that, I'm never gonna do that shit. Because, not everybody, not because, everybody. Because also sugar is, is like, works addictively too like if you like eliminate it you stop craving it if you like st- take it then you crave it but I'm you know I don't mean to be like okay a, Dr. A bore. Arthur <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a bore talking to the punk rock legend of all time and I'm being like this guy oh uh, no 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 <laughs>
1: please do not lump me up there 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 are other more important people you're pretty important well I thank you for that you're very compliment impor-
0: you're very important man
1: and I need to eat some of this fruit. It's, this fruit is
0: awesome. It looks awesome. I'm still at a point where I still crave sugar. <laughs> what were you about to say?
3: Uh, well, speaking of punk rock and not putting you in anything, I, I, as far as your progression, where you were in Black Flag and then you left Black Flag and then Circle Jerks and then Circle Jerks ended and now Off, you still perform as Flag. Like, wh- when did you make that decision yeah. to, like, okay, fuck this. I'm still going to do flag shows.
1: Well, the thing with flag is, is it's really special because all of the guys that are part of flag, mm-hmm. they're all really insanely so good. bitching fucking human beings. Oh,
0: and great and musicians. I've
1: known Billy since he was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Billy used to come into my dad's fishing tackle s- store. And he would stand in the middle floor while he was shopping looking around i would have music blasting out of the little radio above the refrigerator at one point when he was about 11 or 12 maybe 13 he said keith what are we listening to and it could have been mata hoopla it could have been david bowie it could have been alice cooper it could have been ted nugent it could have been Uh, Black Sabbath, Uriah Heep. It just depend upon the radio station that I was listening to. I I I like all of this music. Can you recommend any music for me to listen to? That's cute. I said, um, Billy. I like Aerosmith. I I I I love Cheap Trick, Um, Blue Oyster Cult. I just I rattled off a bunch of just truly amazingly great bands on whatever levels they were uh, of greatness they achieved. He certainly took cheap trick to heart because there would be no descendants if Billy hadn't listened to cheap, cheap trick. trick and then we had a local band That's who was cute. out of out of all of. Out of all of the bands that were in the South Bay, uh-huh. all of them being top 40 bands, occasionally there would be a band that stepped up with, that was an original band. We had a band called The Last, who were basically, we we loved them for their energy. They had a punk rock energy, and they were not a punk rock band. They were so far from it. The Last or The Last? The Last. The Last. They did a really cool version of bebop Alula. lula Um, they have an amazing song called She Don't Know Why I'm Here, which is, it's got a punk rock kind of vibe to Mm -hmm. it. But they were basically a pop band that played some rockabilly and uh, had the energy of a punk band. The Descendants certainly wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the last. They were also a big influence on Black Flag. Getting back to all of the guys in Black Flag, who were some of the most amazing people you're going to meet, they're all just I when we get together it's really special Mm -hmm. there's a certain vibe that's happening it's not a competition we're getting together because we love these songs we played these songs we live these songs we were a part of these songs granted we didn't write all of the songs we wrote some of the lyrics Some of the songs we play were written by Chuck Dukowski, who was the main reason I quit the band when I did. Why? He's the bass player, right? Chuck Dukowski, who is the heart and soul of Black Flag, not the mastermind. That would be Greg Ginn. Right. Greg Ginn is a genius guitar player, but sadly he's just such a horrible human being. Nobody wants to be around him. Chuck, when he became the, the, he was the fourth bass player in Black Flag. I was in Black Flag for three years. In three years, we went through four bass players. We went through two drummers. You know, that's enough lineup changes to last some people for their entire lives.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We went through that in three years. Chuck became the bass player. Our work ethic completely changed. It's like now we 're going to learn these songs, you know how we 're going to learn these songs we 're going to also learn some new songs. you know how we 're going to learn them we 're going to get in a room and we 're going to rehearse every night for a minimum four to five hours
0: right.
1: no no bullshit, no lollygagging. you? no in the beginning, it was like hell yeah, right this is awesome yeah you know i would I would get up at six in the morning uh-huh. I would get off of work at nine o'clock at night and i would I would walk up um I would walk up to the church, which was like two Beatles songs away from where I worked. Mm-hmm. And we would get in that room, and we would... The church
0: was like a rehearsal space? Or well, the church... Uh, was it was a real church. It was
1: a real church that okay. had... Uh, the, the, church, the, the church people abandoned it.
0: Uh-huh, so the bands would rehearse there. Um,
1: there were, there were uh, two or three bands that rehearsed there. Red Cross was being right. one of them. yeah. So we started on this... Um, rehearsal regiment that was just beyond ridiculous, and we're, we're we're rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing some more, and it's like, well, when are we going to play? Mm-hmm. And it's like none of us knew how to like go to the club owner and say, "Hey, um, you have an opening slot on Monday night? Could we come and play Monday night? You don't have to pay us. We'll we'll play for a couple of six packs." Mm-hmm. That was how it was in the beginning. No gigs, we played parties. We played a uh, eighth grade graduation party where the the one girl got, (laughs) the the one girl drank two pots of coffee and was out of her mind and they had to walk her around and they were pouring water down her throat and that was like the big event. We played, the kids in the living room just couldn't believe what was going on. Like, what is this?
0: Mm That must have been mind-blowing. It was... Nobody f- had seen anything like that. It, it was ridiculous. That's crazy. Those, those kids were mean, just... It looked like... Dude. It like looked it, like the... It like,
1: looked like the city like, <laughs> of Tokyo fucking <laughs> evacuating when Godzilla was going to fight right. Mothra. <laughs> oh, my God. But we... We... all went our separate ways. Yeah. And then there was... A, an opportunity to play a big three-day anniversary party down at the Santa Monica Civic, which is one of my favorite, in in all of Los Angeles, it's one of my favorite venues. It's hit or miss um, sound-wise, but I saw so many great, so many fucking great concerts in that room I saw Rory Gallagher, I saw Queen, I saw Queen with Nazareth, I saw David Bowie and the Spiders from Mars in 1972, and it was like, this is some of the greatest shit I've ever seen. I saw Golden Earring when uh, Caesar the Drummer, this was the tour where he was leaping off of his drum stool from behind the drum kit, flying 60 feet through the air, and landing on the tip of the stage. Mm -hmm. I saw, little feet. Electric Light Orchestra, Roy Woods Wizard. I saw the Pretty Things. Oh, jeez! I saw Robin Trower. Mm-hmm. It was just.
0: It, it, I've seen it, Robin Trower before. The the first Jimi Hendrix esque.
1: Well, he got a couple of lessons from Jimi Hendrix. That's why he went from a Les Paul to a Stratocaster. Yeah. That was that was how much influence Jimi Hendrix had on him. Mm-hmm great guitar player
0: great guitar player
1: the wah-wah um, wah. i was gonna say um geez saw gbh there circle jerks played with gbh um buzz cox i saw the erg wars with the them. cramps and the alley cats and the dead kennedys and magazine and Pere ubu from ohio
0: Cleveland Ohio that's where I'm from Akron
1: so do you know Cheetah Chrome <laughs> no <laughs> there was a circle jerks uh our first east coast tour we played at the mud club in New York uh-huh. there was nobody there it, the, the room was completely it was void uh-huh. it was like somebody came in there and just the wait staff. Pa- painted the whole thing black they mm-hmm. just blacked everything out except for the wait staff right and the one guy that was running around completely out of his mind, he'd stacked all of the furniture, all of the bar stools, all of the t- tables to the side of the stage, in front of the stage, and gleefully looked like he was going to just set it all on fire. Mm-hmm. Then What he would do is he would walk to the back of the room, and then he would run across the room, and he would run up and leap off of all of this furniture piled on the stage. And I'm surprised because he didn't land on the drums, but he always managed. He he did this like two or three times. He managed to land on a certain part of the stage where he could stand in front of the bass cabinet and turn all of the knobs all the way to the right. Mm-hmm. He did the same thing on the opposite side of the stage with the guitar cabinet and did the same thing and one of the guys looked at me and said you need to tell him that he needs to stop he can't do that and i started laughing it was like they're like they're they're getting ready to start up a song and they're jamming And i'm looking at them and i'm, I'm laughing so hard i can't even sing the lyrics when when they're through with the song i said you don't fucking tell cheetah chrome not to do what cheetah chrome wants to do Um, The the Santa Monica Civic scenario is that we get invited to participate in a three-night event that included Social Distortion, X, Dickies, Vandals, TSOL, um, just like 30 bands over the three nights. And um, Gary Tovar, who is responsible for um, one of the greatest concert promotion company's Golden Voice, had reached out to Chuck and said, Chuck, I need you to come out on stage and give a speech to all of these punk rocks. That's You would be really good at that. And, and Chuck said, Gary, give me a few minutes to think about this, and I'll call you back. In the few minutes, Gary decided he's not giving a speech. He's going to figure out a way to, like, get have a black flag reunion on stage. Of course, his mind starts working overtime and he figures it's gonna turn into this cavalcade where Henry Rowlands is gonna come out and he's gonna sing five songs. Ron Reyes is gonna come out. We're we're gonna fly Ron Reyes down from Vancouver. Um, We're gonna fly Dezo out from New Jersey. Um, And it turned into this big ultra mega production that it didn't have to be or it wasn't going to be. Nobody wanted. Well, he reached out to Billy, knowing that the Descendants were headlining, and said, Billy, can, could, could we get together? You play drums. Can we get together and could we, could we play some Black Flag songs? And Billy immediately said, yes, let's do this. As it turns out, the guitar player in the Descendants, Stefan, grew up, th- the first record that he... Learned to play guitar to his nervous breakdown. So that's his punk rock training. So he knows those songs. It's like, guys, let's sort this out. Let's figure out what's going on. Chuck got back to Gary and said, we're, we're going to play. I'm not, gonna, I'm not showing up to give a speech. Screw that. We're going to play. And Gary got all excited, and all of a sudden, the word went out You know, in the, in the punk rock underground.
3: They ask you or not yet
1: say what did they ask you or not yet i was the I was the first vocalist they asked see okay. Chuck wanted all of the guys he wanted to like give up ten minutes to Kira to come up and play bass he wanted to turn it into like the cavalcade of a black review flag. yeah black
0: flag review yeah
1: yeah, and it was it wasn't going to work because there was no money you don 't fly some guy down mm. from Vancouver um if, if there's no guarantee, it's like everybody can just can put money out of their pocket that they don't have.
0: But that's what. But that is a. What, going back to the rehearsal thing, that's why you quit the band because you start it was started being not fun, all that rehearsing and stuff like that. Or was uh-huh. that that was the reason?
1: Right. Yeah. When when Chuck reached out to me, I I couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. I had gone through a situation where Golden Voice at one time asked me to participate in two nights at the Hollywood Palladium that equates to, if they sell out both nights, it could be 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. Black flag, the first four years, which I was there for the first three, so I've gotta be there. I mean, I've gotta represent the first three years. Then the next six months was Ron Reyes. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was Des Cadena. So there's going to be three vocalists there to
0: to are cover you, the first four years. Are you friends with Henry Rollins, or do you know him, or are you friendly with him?
1: Henry and I, at one point, we, we could talk. We could sit down. We could listen to some music together. We could chit-chat and be bros. Right. And it got ugly.
0: It got ugly? We We,
1: we went through a lawsuit. Oh, uh, why? And um, I can't get into any uh. of the details because I'm going to get into all of the details when I write my next book. Uh, okay. And I I signed on the bottom line th- the very last thing in the lawsuit for me. I signed on the very last line and one of the st- stipulations or one of the terms was you will not talk about this lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Whoever wrote that up can go fuck themselves. Mm. They can go pleasure themselves. It, it, in if the it, highway. It, if it if it if it was one of the guys in that law firm, they they can um remove their clothes, get fully erect, and stick their heart on in a garbage disposal. <laughs> The reason, <laughs> the reason I'm angry is I gave up lyrics. Uh-huh. I gave up a website that had almost a million people on the website to, to receive royalties that trickle in, like we were talking about Spotify and all mm. of that other stuff. It's just so ridiculously weak. It's like not even worth waiting around for, for that check for... or $150. -hmm. I signed up when I signed that signature at the very bottom of that suit or the the finalization of the suit to receive a minimum $500 for merchandise. See, that was the carrot that was waved in front of my face. Mm -hmm. You give up the lyrics, you give up the website, and... Will pay you merch royalties. Yeah. that equate to that. There are bootleggers on eBay that are making more than five hundred dollars every three or four months on black flag bootleg merch. Mm-hmm. At the halfway point of this wonderful lawsuit, Greg Gin's lawyer got all huffy and puffing and like, "You don't fuck with me. I'm gonna fucking bite your head off." Stepped up and told our lawyer, "We're not even at the halfway point yet, and I'm going to make it. I'm going to make this cost your clients five hundred thousand dollars." We're trying to bully you. He would have done it. Mm. Our lawyer said, "Guys, now it now it's crunch time because you're. You, I know that you guys." on your best days aren't even going to be able to come close to that kind of money. And I can't keep charging you $2,500 an hour because this work is going to pile up and it, it, and it, and that 500,000 could turn into like 700,000. It could turn into 900,000. That's just how all of this shit fucking works. Right. And it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. What did it, Henry... Uh... Henry was the first one served. Henry had Chuck and I come to his, um, his um, nuclear bomb shelter up in the Hollywood Hills. Uh-huh. And we had a, we had a um, conversation where he suggested we go to spot, we get all of the tapes back. We... Bake the tapes because the tapes are so old; they're going to need to get fixed so they can be, played. T- so they can be played one more time because mm-hmm. that's what happens when you bake the tape. You got like one more spin. We're gonna we're gonna um, remix and remaster these songs and bring them up to date because our fans deserve this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is great. I can go along with that. We're going to reach out to Spot. We're going to get all of these tapes, and what we're going to do is we're going to make all of the records gatefold records, whether they were gatefold records or not. Because everybody that played a role in that particular recording is going to step up, and they're going to, if they write a paragraph, if they write um, "War and Peace" or what have you, mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to make this appealing because. Uh, a record nowadays, a brand new record is like 50 bucks you you know, you gotta make it worth everybody's time so there'll be photos, there'll be all of these antidotes and all of these stories and paragraphs here and it was like we were recording and the bartender came and knocked on the front door and said, you guys are playing too loud, you're making it too loud downstairs and my, my patrons all of the bartenders and everybody's complaining and You're making all of this noise and just all just ridiculous stuff like that. Henry suggested this. I said, we we need to get the marks. Let's just, let's check in on the marks. The marks being the four bars Mm -hmm. and the, the second mark being the name black flag. My lawyer handled it And he couldn't believe how quickly these people got back to us because this is a this is a process sometimes it takes three four five years to get an answer from these people it takes that long they got back to us it was like three months Mm -hmm. it was like are you kidding our eyes started spinning they said we're giving you the mark for the four bars We can't give you the mark for Black Flag because it's owned by a Japanese clothing company. Hmm. So what had happened was, Gin, in his ego or arrogance, or nobody can mess with me, I'm SST, I'm Black Flag, I'm this and that, Mm -hmm. apparently just crossed his arms, folded his arms, and said, nobody's going to bother taking any of that away from me. I'll just, have my lawyer crush him. right. I'll have my lawyer make it cost $500,000 at the halfway point. So he lost the name. He lost the name. We got the four bars. That's so we So we had that. One of the things that happened during this process, s- somehow all of this got leaked out onto uh, whatever pages on Facebook. Right. So you have every fucking critic, every fucking expert, Everybody that knows every moment of the history of Black Flag stepping up going, Keith Morris is a thief. He went behind Greggin's back. He tried to take some stuff that didn't belong to him, Which was so far from the case, but I actually wanted to do that at one time. Right. I'm, I'm raising my hand saying, "Yeah, I at one point considered doing that." I at one point considered going to everybody that was part of the band that had never received royalties and suing Greg Gin's ass. Mm -hmm. So it it would equate to like seven or eight people. We we got the four bars, and that was also something that we had to give up in the lawsuit, which is not a big deal. Uh, Although people there, there's certain iconic rock logos. Yeah, the stones. You the know, like the, the Metallica. Yeah. You know, the stones with the lips and the tongue. Yeah. Um,
0: black flag. The four D bars, are huh? four
3: yeah. bars are recognizable.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
3: What do they stand for? I, I, black I, flags. I, it's, just it's a
1: waving flag. Yeah. See, we even went to, we, we went to Raymond Pettibone, who not only came up with the name... But came up with the four bars. I because I'm I'm really good friends with Raymond, I said, Raymond, we're we're going after this stuff. Do you wanna partake? Do you wanna be a part of this? And he's um he will say how much he loves his older brother, but he will also say how his older brother just ripped him off and used him and fucked him over. Mm. And Raymond said, you have my blessings because you guys, all of you guys deserve that. That belongs to you just as much as it does to him, Mm -hmm. just as much as it does to anybody else. Mm. So we went for it and we got half of it. And like I said, I had to give up the bars or we had to give up the bars because the way that it worked was there were the three of us in the room that agreed on doing this. My lawyer went and pursued it and and. Got the answers, not all of the answers that we wanted, but he got what we had asked for him to do. Mm-hmm. And the idea was the three of us made this decision. It wasn't just one guy trying to swoop and, you know, not even telling everybody else. Our intention was to just do this rather than going around and getting everybody's permission. You know, and spending another year and a half, two years, like, well, Ron, what do you think? You, you want to you you be a part of this? Or, mm-hmm. you know, Kira, you want to be a part of this? You know, because I'd talk with Kira about being, being part of a um, class action suit. When, when the numbers are so big, there's so much money involved, it becomes a class action suit. Yeah. where you're actually in washington dc you're not at the court in santa monica you're not downtown la you were you were going in front of like the the circuitry in washington dc once we told everybody what we'd done everybody was fine with it you know everybody was good with it it was like more power to you You know, and I let everybody know that Raymond said that it was okay for us to do this. So we got it. We lost it. And in the lawsuit, um, I'm supposed to be receiving merch royalties and I've not seen a royalty, a merch royalty check. At one point the lawyer, the opposing lawyer was like, um, I, I, I said, you know, you're you're selling these T-shirts, but you're it's a drop on the it's a drop in the ocean as to what's going on on Amazon and what's going on on eBay, sure. and I explained that I took it upon myself to remove circle jerks bootleggers, yeah, yeah. going through all of that rigmarole. Or are we winding this up? Are you no, like?
0: No, no. Yeah, We we sh- yeah. we need to because it's like we've been going on for almost four hours. No, three, this is four
3: three, hours, three, three. Well, we started. Well, Jesus 10.
0: Christ! It's like yeah. Well, Why didn't we gotta, you just punch me in the face? We got to go to the desert too. So I thought so, you Victoria's
3: were gonna say I gotta to, go to the so we, dentist. Huh? Victoria's not. Victoria's in Virginia. So oh, she is. Do Dave, yeah. Oh,
0: okay,
1: cool. All right, well then. So yeah. you're gonna go to Virginia to talk no, with no, her? no, no. Because that would be
3: beautiful. I've, I feel like, with, did I imagine or did I see you and Henry Rollins share the stage in recent years?
1: No. I, I imagined it. No. Uh, and, and the um, final outcome of everything that happened with Henry was that he couldn't run fast enough. He could not, it's like, hey guys, let's do this. All for one and one for all. And when the, when the when the, the, the um, buyout, the royalty buyout for him appeared, he couldn't take that and run with it fast enough. And um, in the process leading up to that, he had torn into Chuck and I. He'd, he'd sent out a couple of just totally unnecessary emails Uh,
3: but i feel like with black flag uh, you're familiar with the whole uh danzig and and their their whole legal issues they eventually sort of made up and then went on recently to play to play arenas exactly money but but wouldn't that wouldn't those offers coming for you guys
1: money they're they are playing um this evening over at our brand new soccer stadium which equates to probably there might be about 40,000 people there. I know when they open the when they open up that field, that's probably good for a minimum twenty thousand people. Money, money, like uh, Cindy Lauper sang in the one song, "Money Changes Everything."
3: You, and you toured with Danzig back in the day, right? With Circle Jerks? No touring. We played an occasional show with them. Oh, okay. you have any f- funny Danzig stories? Glenn?
1: No. No, I love the Misfits. I can't, I can't say any bad things about oh, the Misfits. Oh, not bad. And
3: not bad. Good. Like, you know, he's an interesting well, character. Well, they were
1: horrible live. Just, just brutally horrible live. But it was about the show. It was about all of just the, the big ball of energy and what it was.
0: Oh, you got Repo Man right here. Is that yours?
1: Uh huh.
0: So Do you, you just rent these, or from the library, or something? Or no, those those are if
1: if you look at both of those. Yeah. Both truly, incredibly great films. Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence and of Arabia. Rico, yeah. If you watch Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Just an incredibly beautiful movie. Yeah. Towards the end, it's the history of the Middle East, not just one country in the Middle East. It's the history of the Middle East. And we have no business being there because they're nothing but tribes. They've always been tribes. And those tribes are always going to fight amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. So there's never, there's never, ever, never, ever going to be peace in the Middle East. We have no business being there. No room for white people in the Middle East.
0: What about Repo Man?
1: Well, Repo Man, that should have won several Academy
0: Awards just Mm -hmm. right off the bat. Yeah, I need to see that again. I'm gonna put it on my iPad.
1: Let's go eat sushi and not pay.
0: Is that in Repo, man? Let's go eat sushi and not pay. Oh, and
1: another one is um, Let's Commit Crimes. Right. And then um, the the line in in the bar scene when the circle jerks are playing acoustic. Uh Uh-huh. Auto. Played by Emilio Estevez, right. who's brilliant in the movie. Yeah, Otto says to the person next to him at the bar, I used to like these guys.
0: That's a good place to end it. <laughs> or I, I used to like <laughs> this guy. Well, I still like you, man. Thank you for doing this. Really, it has been great I really appreciate it, man It's been super, super fun
1: Thank you for the breakfast Of course Oh, yeah, man of Anytime What's
0: next? We'd yeah, like to do it well, again
1: what, What's next for me is you buying me lunch now Yeah, well,
0: next, next, is, uh, next is we're going to do this again in a year Once the podcast blows up
1: Yep So for
3: people I, to follow I'll, you online, we'll to, where do they go? Yeah Is it just off right now?
1: Well, if you're on Facebook, you could go to the Circle Jerks. You could go to m- my page. See, my page is the greatest thing that ever happened to Facebook. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's not there? There's no Keith Morris one? It's there. There is, okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: and what I will do is um, I will let all of your listeners and your viewers know that if you're going to step up and, and, and just be an asshole, save it. Yeah. Let's let's just let's just circumvent all of this stupidity and the itity and
0: yeah. all of it. Lead with kindness, that's what you're saying. Yeah. I think people will. I think people will enjoy this uh storytelling few hours with you, man. It's been Breakfast I, with
1: good. I watched uh half of your Craig huh interview. Yeah. And that guy's he's fucking awesome. Yeah, he
0: is love yeah.
1: Craig and he's a sweetheart yeah. he is a he is a great human being
0: very much so yeah shout out to shout Craig shout
3: out to Craig Wedren. <laughs> cool well thank cool, you cool ma'am. Guys. thank you support us on Patreon uh, we're going to the desert listen on iTunes watch on YouTube Keith Morris
1: from Glendale to Los Feliz to Joshua, Joshua Tree. Tree that's it
3: back to New York City I'm back again thank you Keith thank, thank you. you thank
0: you Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.